When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. David Krejci draws Austin Watson, now hiding to McAvoy, he scores! Yo, bartender, yo, food needs a refill! Dolman makes the stop. Marchand ahead to Bergeron. Has Marchand busting down the middle. Scores! Patrice Bergeron with the Bruins' third shorthanded goal of the season. Treat me right fucking now. shit face on the bus. Louise left me and that son of a bitch over there keeps playing me when he knows I'm shit face. Hey guys, welcome back to the Beers and Bruins podcast, uh, episode number nine. Uh, I'm happy to be back. Uh, I'm feeling much better. Uh, so for some unknown fucking reason, um, every time I try to schedule one of these early in the morning, I come down with the, with the sickness, either runny nose, migraine, headache, or whatever. But today I'm feeling good and finally got... Um, things going on, so we and I have a special guest that I'm uh, wicked excited to talk about talk to because we've been planning this since the off season. So this is this is really really I'm really pumped up about this. Uh, but uh, the Beers and Bruins Pod is uh, in sponsorship with uh, Seat Giant. So if you're in Canada, please uh, go to SeatGiant.ca, and if you're in the United States, please go to SeatGiant.com. Uh, tickets. You, you, if you you guys are mostly all hockey fans out there, uh, if if you have an event, whether it's the Boston Bruins, Providence Bruins, any prospects, prospects in Canada, Oshawa Generals, you got two of them with that team. You got the Niagara Ice Dogs, and you got the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League that has two at Ramouski and one at oh, one at Ramouski and one at Rwanda. If you guys want to see these kids play now. Go to SeatGiant.ca, SeatGiant.com, put in a uh, special code BNGP, save yourself a little money. Uh, please check it out. These guys are really good, and they do a fantastic job. So without further ado, I have to welcome Darren, and he is the host of the Fourth Line Voice podcast, which is a, a fantastic show, in my opinion. One of the very rare shows when it comes to uh, hockey and forces. And uh, I'm pumped to have him. You can follow him on Twitter at Fourth Line Voice. Darren, welcome to the show, man. 
Hey, thanks, Mark. That's uh, a great introduction. I appreciate it. Uh, good to be on the show. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> thanks, man. Yeah, uh, Darren is, is, is calling on the Skype machine from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. So uh, I'm really pumped about uh, a discussion tonight because I've listened to uh, many, uh, if not all of them. Uh, how many episodes do you currently have? Uh, what, what eight. Eight. And eight. I, I've I just listened... put the eighth up yesterday. I've, I've listened to all eight of them, and 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 it's great. And the Thank best you. the best part about what I like about it is you you talk about something that's going away in the National Hockey League and lower levels of uh, developmental hockey league and, and developmental hockey. Sorry, and but you do it in a really cool essence when when you when you have guests on because you know I've never heard of a podcast being done in a tractor. Uh, and, there you go. Yeah, and yeah, and that's that's definitely a first for me. And I think it was Dakota Odgers. Yes. Yeah, and 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 the whole show, you could just hear him working and talking away, and I just thought that was absolutely amazing because the fact is that Dakota Odgers is a uh, is a minor pro. I'm, I'm sorry, a minor junior, right? Uh, he's playing. He's actually playing uh, college hockey now. Okay, yep. so he's all right. So he's in the but college. He right? four, but he played like three years in the Western Hockey League. Yeah. So the, the 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 wicked cool thing about that is he he came home for the summer off season to work on the farm, and yep. and and you know then not, he's probably with his college now, but and his father has a tie to the Boston Bruins. His uh, his father his name is Jeff Hodges. You guys might might remember him. He played a couple seasons for the Bees. Uh, resident tough guy in those in those days, and and could definitely throw the knucks around, um, but. I, I thought it was a, just a great interview, uh, and 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 it went like seamlessly. It was. I thought there was going to be more problems with 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 internet and this and that, but it it went off like a like like a, a gem. Well, thankfully he was in Saskatchewan, so that probably helped a little bit. But <laughs> it was funny because we initially got going, and then we had to stop because he he blew he blew a hydraulic hose. I in the do tractor. remember that. Yeah, yeah that's and, right. And Je- I said, oh, "How many podcasts got stopped?" Cause, <laughs> and Jeff Rogers is fixing a hydraulic hose in a tractor. But uh, he was like, "Oh, I'll phone you when I get in." I'm like, "No, no, no, we'll do it in the tractor because that's just funny, that's you know." Awesome. And it was. Uh, but it was good, and uh, you know, don't even get me going about audio issues. I've had more issues that, yeah, I was about. Uh, I got a new, I got the new microphone now, so I, I think I'm sounding a little better. But oh yeah, and it, yeah, you just battle with cell phone reception. Well, I'm like, look who I'm talking to. You know what I'm talking about, right. but uh, oh yeah, you know, and, and that's sort of been. And I'm a tech idiot, and I certainly don't have the uh, NASA type setup that you got going. So <laughs> my little microphone and my goofy little. You know, and I'm lucky to log on to the Google machine most nights. So it's like uh, my wife has become the IT person, uh, you know, and uh, which I'm sure she's really thrilled about. But, uh, yeah, we're getting through it. It's been a lot of fun, though. That's awesome, man. Yeah, my, my wife's pretty much the, t- the t- I, I see I, I act like the tech, but in reality, she really knows what's going on. Like like when my computer and the whole system I have going on, here, I can run without a without a. But get me on the Apple TV, get me on any streaming like device like an Apple or, uh, sorry, Android TV box. I'm useless. I'm like, what do you do? Where do you go? What do you click? But Oh, yeah, exactly. Like I said, it, it would be so much if I could just talk and then just talk to people. And then after I'm done, just let someone else do everything. Yeah, it would be that would be the cat's ass. But unfortunately, uh, yeah, we kind of took over the website. And, uh, well, we'll get into all that. But it was uh but it's it's been a fun little hobby to start. But it, it's certainly, I came into it very very 
as it's turned, I'm very was very ignorant on a lot of things. I was just, you know, it was fun to be the guest on a few shows here and there, and you know, run my mouth, and then you know, two hours later, you know, turn the phone off, and that was it. But uh, when all of a sudden you became the guy that had to line up guests and make sure the audio worked and everything recorded, and yeah, it became a lot more of a came a lot bigger deal than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got to learn how to walk before they run, man, and and just just. Just keep it going. Do the best you can, and yeah, I mean that's the best advice I have. Is is don't I? I don't get frustrated. I mean, you should see me in the in the office and studio when I get frustrated. It, it's not. It's it's a five minute ordeal, and then it's a, okay. I'll work it out, but you know. But it's just, always like one of those things. Like, why can't computer just? Why can't you just work the way you're supposed to work? Exactly. Like I get in the one day, and all of a sudden now Skype's not working, or now all of a sudden Audacity isn't recording it's not picking up my mic oh yeah. now it is oh now it's not now all of a sudden there's background noise when did this happen yeah. you know it's just like why and then my my experiment of doing a live in-person interview when my friend carson came to town we got the laptop out just for shits and giggles oh hey you're in town let's just do a live one that'd be funny oh well the audio on that i mean we may as well have been the deep end of the sheraton in the pool <laughs> listen to that audio which kind of sucked and i felt really bad and some of it was you know we edit well, we no. My wife managed to edit it and kind of make it at least somewhat presentable. Yeah. But it was kind of, uh, it was really, it was, I was, I, it really sucked because it was. I, I thought Carson's message was really good, and it sort of got lost with the shitty audio, and it kind of really pissed me off. Yeah. But it, you know, at the same time, I wanted to put it out there because I wanted people to hear it, and it's like, well, I told him, well, we'll definitely do a round two, but you can phone, I'll phone you on your Skype this time. You know, we won't yeah. do it in person. Yeah, but it's it, like you said, it's a it's a learning curve and baby steps, and you know, yeah, like our like our hundredth episode, um, which was a couple of weeks ago, my audio was fine halfway through, and all of a sudden something just happened. Like I'm I'm editing it, and all of a sudden I'm like I can't hear myself. Like it dropped down so bad, and I didn't move any knobs. So it's yeah. like one of those one of those freaky things that I'm just like haunted with sometimes. Hey, I heard a beer crack in the background. Absolutely. What are you drinking? I am the local stuff. It uh, we have a the local uh, brewery here is called Great Western. So I'm uh, supporting the locals. Nice. I do the same thing. I am actually right now drinking a Sam Adams, which is brewed, uh, I believe, in Boston. Probably not this one because they they moved all operations to uh, Pennsylvania. Do you remember? Uh, do you remember Rolling Rock? Oh, the pride of St. Louis, man. <laughs> I love Rolling Rock. No, yeah. no, no. Oh, that's uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, isn't that what Rolling Rock is? And they call it the Pride of St. Louis. Isn't that what's written on the bottle? No, I don't know. When, when you say in St. Louis, it's throwing me off. Like you're talking about Missouri. I I don't. I think so. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Um, I know what you're talking. I know the beer you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the the Latrobe Brewery. Yes. Yes. The, uh, Sam Adams bought that out, and they 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 outsource a lot of their stuff now. So the like like the like the one in Boston is pretty much just for like, like tours and uh, and just their their original brews probably like three or four original brews not as many as they want, but tonight I'm drinking a cherry wheat which is actually really good, but uh, normally I like to have the um, the local brews that I have around here we have we have two of them Sylvaticus and um, and Bear Wolf Brewery which are two fantastic, I mean I, I grab a four pack of those guys and and the uh, the the, uh, the percentage. Uh, the alcohol content is like nine point five, and there I have go. I have four of them. I'm feeling pretty freaking good after that. Yeah, but uh, no, 
tonight's just a, a casual. I got to go to work tomorrow, so I need to be in tip top shape and no hang- hangover. But yeah, I got one. I got one day to go, so we won't get uh, won't get too crazy. Plus, I don't want to get too ranty on your show. <laughs> I mean, I can do that enough sober, let alone we don't need another uh, biscuit incident, right? Where it turns into a three and a half hour Eric Lindros special. <laughs> you can just hear William and I getting drunker and drunker as that episode goes on. That's funny. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite NHL team? I, I've I've never really heard you say anything about that, but I was curious if you had one in the past or you have one now. No, it's funny. It was uh, well, growing up, obviously we never had an NH. Yeah, obviously we don't have an NHL team. So although we almost got the St. Louis Blues way back in the day, Saskatoon almost did. That was a big deal back then. Um, no, I, I. You know what? It's weird in all sports. And it sounds like such a cop-out answer, but I'll explain it. I don't really have a favorite team because it was always like every team had guys I liked and every team had guys I didn't like. So it was like I just cheered for players. So it was like, I don't know, like on the Bruins, like I was always, always Cam Neely was pretty much my favorite player growing up, him and Wendell Clark, right? So it was like, but I wouldn't say I was a big, huge Bruins fan, but I kind of liked, but I always sort of liked their attitude, them and the Flyers and kind of like a because some teams just kind of had that tougher element all yep. the time. Yep. Whereas other teams were always just like noted candy asses, you know? So it was just like, but like I said, every team had guys I liked and didn't like. And it was always kind of, it's always been sort of bizarre to me that like a, a guy's playing on the team. And then as soon as he gets traded away, Oh fuck that guy. I'm like, really? <laughs> like you, you owned his Jersey. Now all of a sudden he's an asshole. Right. Or you hated this guy. He gets traded to you. Oh, you're running out and buying the Jersey at the team store the next night. I never understood that. If you hated him to begin with, why are you going to like him? Just, I don't know. It's just sort of a mindset. I never really understood, but I mean, whatever, but it's just, I don't know. I always, like I said, it was, uh, in baseball, doesn't football, whatever. It was always just player. I just appreciated certain players and yeah. Yeah, so you love the game and 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 pretty much everything that goes along with it, which is which is very respectable. I mean, you, it widens your 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 um your interest, you know, and and that's probably why you're a serious uh, card collector, huh? Well, it was funny because because growing up as a kid, obviously, yeah, everyone around here collected cards and stuff, and then uh, you know, obviously, it, like later in my you know twenties and thirty, I never not that I'm trying to date. I'm only forty two. I'm not that old, folks. But twenties and thirties. I just kind of got away from it and I never really collected or anything. And then as I've gotten older now and I've, I've, cause we don't have any kids. So it's like, I'm, I'm basically my wife's child, growing child, adult. <laughs> Same here. Uh, yeah. So it's, uh, I've, I've, I found that I've really become, um, you almost try to do things that kind of recapture your youth or remind you of like your youth and stuff. So I kind of just, uh, our dollar store here. Well, here's how it all started where our dollar store, uh, here started selling like old packs of hockey cards, like in the night, like old early nineties stuff. And my wife is a school teacher. So she's always at the dollar store. Yep. I think you guys down there, it's a 99 cent store or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Well, up in Canada, it's called Dollarama. It's there a chain go. across Canada. Well, she's always at Dollarama because she teaches grade one. So Dollaramas are Graceland, right? <laughs> you need a thousand, you need a thousand like popsicle sticks. Where are you going to go? Dollarama, right? Exactly. So we're there all the time. And they just started selling these old hockey cards. So I bought them just ah, for shits one giggles one night and I'm opening them up and well, I got Twitter open. So I did the hashtag drunk hockey carding because I was drinking beer and I start taking pictures of the cards I'm getting and, you know, and a bunch of the guys are responding, oh, I remember I had that and it just kind of went from there and I just sort of, uh, 
you know, and then I had a buddy find some at a garage sale. I just actually, this is what took me so long to get on the show today. I just was at this guy's house. He gave me a whole bunch of boxes of these old hockey cards. So I got that for tomorrow to go through, but yeah. So I just, and I just kind of collected the enforcers. I mean, not that I was going to go throw away Wayne Gretzky or anything, but I mean, nowadays it's like, oh yeah, I'll go get some tough guys, get a couple of Proberts and some McSorleys and twists and stuff. And I don't know. And then Twitter's just given me a platform to just talk about it. And it was, and it was funny just the number of responses I would get and guys that think the kind of the same way that I do. It was kind of, it was social media has been very interesting like that. Yeah. And, and, and what I found so interesting about what you do in, in the cards, I mean, I, I remember when you, I, I believe when you first started, it was, it was like, you know, having some drinks and going through the cards and I thought it was really cool. But then all of a sudden you went into like doing like enforcer brackets and that yeah. that caught my attention. I was, I mean, I I went. This was back when. Uh, when did you actually start the brackets? Because I remember there was a time that I really wasn't so like busy like I am now. But I was able to like click on them and like them and make sure that you know every every heart on the you know when you liked it. I didn't yep. go back and like try to revote and make sure I did it. You know, so I went through all of them that you listed that day. Yeah. So no, yeah. Well, that's what really kind of, as they, they would say, blew up the account. That's kind of what really did it. it. Was last year in August, or is it two years ago now? No, it was last year. Yeah, it was last year in August. Um, again, I was drunk hockey card in one night. It was a Friday night, and I can remember it like it was. Yeah, and a, a, a follower of my—I hate using that word "follower," but <laughs> for this for this exercise, we will. The, this follower named Taylor. Him and I were just direct messaging each other, and we were just bullshitting about the cards. And, oh, look, I got Peter Klima. Look at his helmet. Ha, ha, ha. You know, stuff like that. And uh, I said something about March Madness or something. And he said, oh, you know what you uh, – oh, you should, we should do a tournament with, like, fighters. And I was just like, yeah. I said, I should do a bracket of, like, 64 tough guys. Fucking light bulb and he's like, goes oh, off. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we were just in my drunken haze. And it was like – and he was like, oh, yeah, dude, you got to do that. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, sure. And I just kind of whatever. Well, the next morning I get up, all of a sudden I look, he sent me like four direct messages. And he's already done a list of like 80 guys. He goes, you got to do this. I'm like, oh, shit, okay, he was serious. All right, I really wasn't, but okay. So I started doing it. And I just got to thinking, it's like, well, I'm not, if I do it, Probert, Bob Probert's going to win. Right. That's just a no-brainer, right? So I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to put him in it then because that's, what's the point if he's going to win it? So that's why I called it the Bob Probert Invitational. And uh, I, I did that. It was, like I said, there was no hockey on. It was August. So hockey Twitter, so to speak, was is dead. Yep. Nothing's going on. And uh, I put the bracket up and started talking about it. And and believe me, folks, there was no science to this. Or I thought these were the best 64 guys. I just took names, right? And I was just, like, throwing names in there. And I put a few minor league guys in there because I didn't think anything of this. You know, I thought, you know, 10 people in a burglar will listen, right? You know, or look <laughs> at it. Like, I didn't really think this was going to amount to anything. We were just doing it for shits and giggles. Well, holy shit, it friggin' blew up. At one point, the Bob Probert Invitational was trending on Twitter. That's awesome. On my Twitter page, like, you know how you have your analytics and your impressions? Yeah. Like, I took a picture of it. You can find it somewhere on my Twitter account. I had 110,000 impressions in a 24-hour period. Nice. Like, like days in a row. 
and people were going on and oh this guy fuck this guy and, and then the, oh there's people arguing and shit over who's winning who and i was kind of like okay let's you know it's just a freaking fantasy tournament boys let's calm down a little bit right as like as much as i kind of like to get into it with people sometimes <laughs> yeah. on twitter it was lean like, back and grab the popcorn buddy <laughs> yeah and i was kind of like calm down and the only and the only thing that kind of bugged me and i didn't think of this is fortunately i had a i have a few ex-players that follow the account well, some of them were in the tournament, and every one of them just got shit-canned in the first round, right? <laughs> oh, and I'm like, oh, God. And the worst one was, like, Darren Kimball follows me, and he ended up with... And, oh, and that was the other thing. So I took all the names, and I wrote their names all out in a notebook. One, two, three, four, blah, 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 blah. And then I went to a computer-generated a generator on the internet. And then I, I just, and whatever number came up, that's who I'd write down in the bracket. And I just went down like that. Oh, so there was no rhyme or reason. Yeah, so there was no rhyme or reason to the matchups or anything. It was just, hey, whatever number the computer spit up. Oh, 17 versus 38. Okay, go to the notebook, right? So anyway, Wendell, Darren Kimball ends up with Wendell Clark in the first round. Well, of course, Leaf Nation is complete overload on my Twitter feed. So I think Wendell beat him, like, literally 90% of the vote, 90 oh, to 10. Jesus. And I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. To this day... Darren, whenever I do like a another tournament since then, Darren Kimball always chime in. I feel sorry for whoever draws Wendell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's you awesome! Uh, so the yeah, player, thought... oh, go ahead. Uh, the player interaction has got to be something of like a rewarding sense of feeling, right? Well, that was the that was the really fun part, and that and like, well, we'll talk about that after this my tournament story here. But yeah, that was the real fun part of for Twitter for me has been the interaction with the players and uh, you know, and, and especially like the kind of the, like I always call all the, my guys, right. The fourth line guys. And it's like, uh, yeah, just talking to them. And it was really, yeah, it was really cool to see them interact with the term sometimes in not such a good way. Cause it was like, okay, these guys are talking about it. And then you always get some guy like, you know, Oh, he was a pussy. You know, it's like, Oh, like why does this guy, I'm sure Reed Lowe doesn't want to read that, you know, hammer of the god 69 calls him a fucking pussy you know it's like you know and i was just kind of like show internet fucking balls wow that's just like show some respect for the players you know that well that's a whole other rant i can go on but but they they really liked it and stuff and it was cool to talk to parker and low and kimball and all those guys well so actually when the and the real cool thing was danny probert bob's widow really liked the tournament and she and she follows the account, and so do her kids. And her and I have had some direct message conversations, and she was like really cool with it and stuff. And she really, and like I said, it was to honor him, right? Yeah. That's why. That's why I named it after him. And it was uh, so she was really cool. So to get that feedback from from her was awesome. And uh, and to since been able to talk to her a few times has been really cool. Yeah. The um, I I, I want to just I know it's I know it's me and you time, but I do have to plug another uh, enforcer podcast that that I enjoy on, on pretty much a weekly basis. And uh, it's, uh, it's our friend, mutual friend, uh, uh, William, and it's the, the Biscuit Podcast. Please check it out on, on uh, I believe it's on several platforms. Uh, I listen to him on Apple Podcasts on my iPhone. So, uh, yeah, I highly suggest that. And Darren, who I'm talking to right now from the Fourth Line Voice, definitely give them a follow. They're good, good, good guys, and they do a, a great service to a – uh, a profession that's slowly going away, Darren. Am I right? Oh yeah, it's gone. Yeah, like the oh yeah, like they're killing it at the junior level. See, it's always funny when uh, 
Oh, just to finish up with the tournament thing. Oh, I'm sorry. My, yeah, go right ahead. I'm uh, sorry about that. No, just and so the account. I I don't know how many followers I had, but I'm not no bullshit. By the time that tournament was done, which was probably it takes about a week and a half to do them, I literally had like 1,500 new followers. Like it was insane. Nice. The number of followers I got. So yeah, and since then it's it it's been it's grow it's been growing and it's been a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, I was listening. Anyway, to, we were talking about yeah. Danny Probit, uh, Bob Probit's wife. Um, yes. The um, I followed her recently, and I think it was right around the time of the ride. And um, I I just did not have enough time to throw a donation in, but I'm definitely doing that this year. Uh, yeah. under, under the black and gold pod um, uh, name, so yeah, and she was uh, when I heard her on you. You haven't had her on the show, have you? No. Okay, so nope. it was it was William that had her on. Yep, yep. Uh, that was that was a great episode too. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that one. She seems very nice. The whole family seemed like they're they're really you know they're past what happened, and but they're more uh, or less um, you know staying strong for the cause and yep. and that and that's very important it's not about it's not about the money the the funds and this and that it's about getting people help and and i really really appreciated william having her on and 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 the way she explained i, I get a better sense of how bob was just from that conversation because back in the day i was the same way you were i'm like oh bob and probit yeah i got five of them you know what i mean i, I was psyched because he was a badass fucking yep. badass you know what i mean when yep. he played the bruins i'm like please don't but nobody touch him because he'll get crushed <laughs> yeah I mean, but you know it, it was it was it was good and, and they those guys do a great cause and and so appreciative of of them and 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 what they do for these people and, and yourself you guys do a freaking unbelievable job but, well, thank you. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what were you just asking? What I've already lost. Oh, yeah. about uh, oh, about the enforcer in hockey. Um, yeah. Well, that's the thing, and I and I and I see it all the time, just on Twitter and talking to people and everything. And well, first of all, they always like, oh, well, if enough star players get run or enough cheap shots happen, they'll bring the enforcer back. No, they won't. There is no enforcer anymore. They're not in junior anymore. They don't just grow on trees. And the thing is, and then everybody blames Batman. Well, it wasn't Batman. The NHL hasn't put in any. They haven't put in any anti-fight rules. The rules are all the same. Yeah. What what it, what's done it has been Hockey Canada and David Branch, the commissioner of the Canadian Hockey League, with the juniors. I mean, in the Ontario Hockey League, you're only allowed three fights a year. In the Quebec League, you're allowed, I think, it's six. The WHL doesn't have any fight limits in it, but it will eventually. But it's uh, but they don't still the teams that there's nowhere near as many fights as there used to be, and there certainly isn't the five shifts a game guy anymore. Right. Um. So and you know and you know you could argue if that's good or bad till the cows come home, but it's just that's the reality. There isn't, and so the days of uh, you know, and that was the thing. If you're chopping down a tree, you don't start at the top, you yeah. start at the bottom. Right. So that's why there is no one coming. So I mean, you'll have some tough kids that will fight, but you don't have, but you don't have any fighters. Yeah, you don't have the ones that work through the system. Um, no. that like there's no Colt Nor anymore. Right. You know, they, these guys busted their ass to get to that NHL level, and they did it the way that sometimes a lot of them. And it, and I respect that, but what I don't, I didn't respect is how they were trained like that. Because believe it or not, and I, I, I don't know, I don't know if you're gonna agree or not with me, and it's okay, but 
what I didn't like about it was a lot of people that could skate and had decent hands and were good hockey players, but they weren't like point producing people were told that you're not going to probably make it in the NHL if you play this way. But if you turn your game this way, you definitely have a better chance. And yep. I, you know what I mean? And I just didn't like the way that that was told. That's not, I don't know. It's just, but a lot, I respect the people that took that and said, listen, maybe this, this advice is correct. Maybe this is my only way. But now I really like the option of players that have talent can still make it in this freaking league and, and they can still have size enough to, uh, to beat some ass when it's necessary. So, uh, I mean, for me, if you're asking Darren, I, I'm more of like the all round player right now. I, I hate to say it, but I don't have a, I don't have a horse in the, in the, in the race, but mm-hmm. I would, re- I li- really like the idea that it's there because it, it does police. But I also like that player to be skillful and, and help out when it comes to an all around win. You know, I like I do respect the guys of the 80s, 60s, and 70s, you know, even like further down the line that there was that one guy that you were you were feared of. You just did not want to stare down uh, any time of the game. When you your next shift, you went out there, and that was basically all you did. And you come back to the bench, clean yourself up, and wait until, the, you know, the coach th- thought you were needed. Me, I'm more or less moving on, and, and I want to see the guy that can, like, net 20 goals, 20 assists, and and 300 penalty minutes. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what it's become, right? Like, um, yeah. Well, and that was the thing. Like, and I understand that position, you know, and uh, and and that was the thing. And I think a lot of people don't realize, or they haven't looked into it, or um, in the in the 80s and the in the 90s, definitely in the 80s, in the seven, and even in the 70s. Oh, everybody, old oh, Dave the Hammer Schultz. Well, everyone forgets Dave Schultz scored 20 goals. Yeah, in a season. And, like, Terry O'Reilly had 30 goals. (laughs) Yeah. Like, Jonathan had 20 goals. Winsick had 20 goals. You know, and then you get into the 80s. Well, Craig Berube, he had, like, a a 35-goal season in the Western Hockey League. Like, John Kordick was a Western Hockey League All-Star. Johnny Kordick. Bring me back, Darren. Yeah, well, and he was a WHL All-Star. Like, so these guys all had talent and all played – regular shifts and like we're top line guys but you get to the pros and it just became like well i can't my skills aren't as good as the first two first two lines as these guys so what am i gonna do to stick around well i'm gonna fight but at the same time those guys played a lot like they got regular shifts give or take you know third period was closed they got double shifted over but i mean you know they played a regular shift yep and it didn't get, it got right until about, and I noticed this right around the, and there was always a few, like Tony Twist and stuff. I mean, you know, his skills were limited at best, but through the, through the years, but especially in the late nineties and early two thousands, the role really became pigeonholed. And it basically became like, these guys were just trained fighters on skates. Yeah. And, and the, and I'm not knock talking bad about the guys. Cause I appreciated that too. And I understood what they were trying to do. Derek Bugard, Colt Noor, guys like that. Bogey. Well, those guys, like those guys didn't play a lot in junior either. Like they got fourth line minutes in junior. They were, you know, they weren't power play guys or anything, you know? So it really got pigeonholed and then it just became an, a, like a nuclear arms race. Right. And then, you know, and then they get to the NHL and it's like, okay, well, we'll give them a couple shifts and then. We don't play them for a while, and then, okay, well, we stick the two of them out there, and it's like they're looking at each other like, well, we're out here, we may as well fight, you know, because we've got to do something, you know. And it became really, 
like I said, pigeonholed. So I can understand uh, why people don't like that part of it. But at the same time, I can tell you back in the day when you played the Minnesota Wild, you didn't fuck around when Derek Bugard was playing. No. <laughs> you know, no. So, so there was another element of doing And those guys, you know, and, and nowadays, I always laugh because if something happened, like who's, um, or I guess Ryan Reeves would be the toughest guy in the league now. Okay, so you're playing Las Vegas. You watch as soon as Vegas is playing and some guy on Vegas gets hit. Oh, all the dummies on Twitter, the new age nerds will be, oh, I thought that's what they had reads for. I thought that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> like, really? Like, okay. The the rules have now killed the enforcer. Like, you can't just go grab the guy and beat the shit out of him. Like, you could in the 80s. Like, Samanko and McSorley did that all the time with the Oilers. Yep. You know, and you, and what was it? Oh, two and five. And that was it. Yeah, you touched, you know, and that, you, you touched and was, Gretzky the wrong way, man. Those guys were... You, you, labeled yeah well no one and no one did right no right. one touched eiserman with probert and coaster there no one touched joe sackick yeah you know and like with that's why Scott a lot Parker of these there. guys followed they followed the teams like mcsorley when 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 gretzky was in in, in uh, edmonton and he was going the other way i guarantee he was like i'm not going to california without at least one of these guys going with me <laughs> yeah and that was the thing and, and and yeah and then everybody you know and marty his career ended of course with the brashier stick thing which yeah. is unfortunate and that's what he'll always be remembered for which unfortunately and I've, and it was too bad because marty turned himself into a really good player and people forget he led the league in plus minus one year yep. so it wasn't like he was just some clueless putts yep. like, he was a good player you know but at when it came time to you know if you want to like as william would always say you want to play fuck around well and and that was the thing, you, and it happened back then. Like I'm not saying it didn't happen in the '80s. The stars got hit, but you had to check yourself. Yeah. Okay. Like, and you knew if I do it, there's going to be consequences. So do I want to face those consequences? And some guys would, so they'd go do it, and you you would have to answer the bell. Nowadays, you can run around like a donkey, and there's no consequences because no one can do anything to you. And now, if they do do something to you, you oh, get the. Get the we'll, bring up we'll bring up Brad Marchant here shortly, I'm sure. Yeah. Or, you know, and then and everyone loses their mind. And, oh, you got these nerds saying, oh, you should be charged with assault. Oh, yeah, okay. You know. See, that's no, fucking it, bullshit, man. Of course I, it You is. know, it, it, it's hockey. Leave it in the freaking rink. Don't, don't. Oh, my God, really? I, I, I haven't heard that one. Is this about Marchand? Yeah. It, it, oh, got, is this the Eller thing? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, Cap, a big Caps fan. You always crying about Marchant with assault and everything else. I'm sure Eller dropped the gloves I'm, too. Well, eventually, after it he got wasn't it. like it wasn't like a Todd Bertuzzi on that on that on that Avalanche player or Calgary Flames player. Who was it? Steve Moore. Steve yeah. Moore. Yeah, was it Avalanche? Okay. Yes, it was. Yep. All right. Yeah, it wasn't like that situation. They both he barked after scoring seven goals. You don't. Me in my yeah I don't know. To me, you don't do that. You don't go no, you know you go down there celebrate with the team and block the uh, block the Bruins bench at that period. You know what I mean? But they both compiled. It's just that's just dumb. Well, and, it, and it's just and at the end of the day, I mean that's just the way the hockey's un. There was just there was an unwritten rule back in the day, and that was the thing. Like you didn't run the score up, right? Because if you did, hell was coming. Yeah, exactly. And there was going to be a line brawl. And it's like, or you could run the score up if you wanted to, but you better get your boys ready because shit's coming in the third. 
But now, oh, you instigate a fight in the third period. Oh, you're suspended for two games. And blah blah blah. And uh, so you can't. So they can't do anything. Right. Well, and that was like a couple years back. Speaking of Bruins, when Orpeck hit whoever, and Sean Thornton went and grabbed Orpeck. Yeah. Sla- slapped him around. Well, he Slew got 15 him. games. Yeah, he got 15 games. Yep. So he put him down, and he, I think he lost his helmet, or he had his helmet on, but landed on his head. No, no, he was down, he was fine, and then he stood over top of him and punched him twice, and gave him a concussion. Oh. But it was like, he tried to challenge Orpec to fight, and Orpec wouldn't do it, typical. So then Thornton was like, oh, motherfucker, you're going to get it, because you went and messed up whoever he did, and Orpec gave him a couple, sh- or Thornton gave him a couple shots, and then... That, and you get a concussion out of it, and it's like, well... I do remember now fuck, that you're talking to me about it. Don't fuck around with the star player. Yeah. But then uh, what happens? Thornton ends up getting 15 games, loses a couple hundred thousand salary. Well, there you go. So you can't enforce anymore. But back in the day when McSorley and Smeko and Probert and them did that, ah, you'd, get ne- you'd get two minutes for maybe a 10-minute misconduct, and that was it. There was no suspensions or anything. What, like, was, the, what, so, was, the, what was the worst one for you? What was the worst blindsided nonsense that you've ever seen? Um, well, probably Dave Brown when he cross-checked Thomas Sandstrom in the face. That's, yeah, that, oh, I, man. I, I mean, I've seen some minor league stuff that was, if you go to my, I have a fourth line on YouTube, a fourth line voice uh, YouTube page. If you go in there and just type in, go to the search thing and type in minor league mayhem. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff there. There's a guy that he jumps out of the rink and fights security and, and all that in the minors and stuff. I saw some minor league stuff and, of course, some stuff in the Quebec League that was crazy. So I, I get amused now when some new age fan all of a sudden is outraged over, oh, so Tom Wilson. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, My, Tom Wilson's a goon. Oh, really? Okay. The one I mean, was, have you been, you've the probably one... been a big hockey for about six minutes so <laughs> no not not my world he isn't but i guess it's when you're i've seen a lot of stuff but i would probably say that i mean the bertuzzi thing was bad but the thing with the bertuzzi thing that was always that was always too bad and it was the same thing with the domi and ekblad kind of thing well everybody called it a sucker punch well i don't know how anything could be a sucker punch when you tell the guy you're going to do it yeah, that sort of eliminates the. I, I think if you looked up the uh, definition of sucker punch in the dictionary, you're using it wrong. Yeah, and that was the thing with Bertuzzi. What everyone forgets is Moore knocked out Matt's Naslin, the, or Matt's Naslin, uh, Marcus Naslin, the game before and gave him a concussion. Well, that's your captain, and he and Moore's a fourth line nobody at the time. Right. So you got hell to pay now. Then he did fight at the start of the game. Okay, but hey, dude. You better be ready to put your boxing gloves on because it's coming. And Bertuzzi ended, and then to top it all off, so everyone's already mad at this kid. Well, Colorado ends up running the score up about eight-one. While yeah, so now Colorado's really mad, or uh, Vancouver's really mad. And then Bertuzzi gets out there with them. And I'm not saying it was right and wrong, or you know, obviously he shouldn't have done it. But at the same time, if you watch the video, he they were together up and down the ice for about thirty-five seconds, and Bertuzzi's telling them, "We're going, we're going." We're going. And I don't know what this guy thought he was going to do. What are you going to draw a call in an 8 1 game? <laughs> like, and then so Bertuzzi's like, and that Naslin was his buddy. So I was like, all right, motherfucker. And there you go. Bam. And now I'm sure obviously he didn't mean to break his neck and all that stuff. Right. But at the same point, well, I could see why he did it, you know? Yep. And, and, and I always said, well, if Moore had just fought, you wouldn't have these problems. But I don't know. And it's. You know, now everybody listening is just like, holy shit, who's the animal you got on here? <laughs> but and I'm not saying it was right. I'm just saying, don't use the excuse you didn't know. And right. like going to this year, Ekblad. Oh, I didn't know Domi was going to do that. Are you shitting me? Right. 
Well, first of all, you guys played against each other since junior. And you've hated each other since junior. And Ekblad, and, you know, and so he starts giving them the stick. And they showed it all game, hacking and whacking them. And they're having words all game. And Domi's probably thinking, that's a preseason. I'm going to beat the piss out of this guy. (laughs) And he's telling them, let's go. Let's go. He's right in front of them. He's giving them the face wash and popped him a couple times. And there's Ekblad laughing and looking over at the ref. Well, what did you think was going to happen? Right, right. You're an idiot. Like, if you go into a bar and someone starts shoving you, are you going to look over at the bartender? Hey, are you going to do something about this? No, no you're going to the guy who's pushing you, aren't you? Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And it's, so it's like, you know, and it's like, oh, that's assault. Well, and then, oh, he has concussion history issues. Well, then maybe he should learn to defend himself. Yeah, my, my, my worst one that I've ever seen was, I remember when they had sports, sports, um, sports channel. And it was um, it was a Hartford Whalers freaking um, feed up here because I I live in the northeastern part of Massachusetts on the New Hampshire border, yep. so we we actually got that, believe it or not. And I was watching, um, I think it was the yeah it was the Islanders and the Capitals, and Dale Hunter ta- uh, taking out Pierre Turgeon. Right about that one, yeah. Holy crap! I mean, Turgeon, nice goal, great effort celebrating and all of a sudden here comes freaking Dale Hunter just trucks them. That, yeah. that was probably the worst one I've ever seen because that was a situation where Turgeon was not paying attention. He was in no. the he was in the the limelight of 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 heroics at that moment, you know what I mean? Yeah. So Oh, that that one was brutal. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But, I've never been a Dale Hunter guy. He was a great player and gritty and all that, but he was a I don't know. I I wasn't uh You know what? That mo- you just hinted on something. Dale Hunter is fucking gritty. Yeah, he is. So he's with the fucking Philadelphia Flyers now. Could be, possibly. What do you think about that fucking that um that whole the, get the up? Mascot? Yeah. Do you think well, it's good it, for the city? Ah, well, you know what the funny thing is, and everyone, if you go on Twitter, and I have this, I have this reputation, I guess, on Twitter, as I've been told a few times, that I'm just like the grumpy old asshole that hates everything <laughs> and all that and yell at the clouds and stuff. I get that too. Hey, I'm forty I'm forty two myself, so yeah, I get that yeah. too. Yeah, well and it's funny, I always say like I have like a hockey Twitter account and I hate hockey. <laughs> it's, it, it's kind of funny, but so I'm kind of an anomaly, I guess. But I guess it's my love of growing up with the Muppets. Is the reason why I like gritty. Nice. I like ma- I like mascots. Just for, I guess because as a kid I liked Sesame Street and the Muppets. Yeah. So I guess I'm a I've always been a mascot fan for some reason. Like the go. Philly fanatic and shit's just awesome. Oh, and yeah. UP in Montreal and stuff. Yeah. I guess. And so I guess when I saw gritty, I was kind of like, all right, I'm I'm down with mascots. <laughs> Not, I mean, I mean, as as a kid growing up, yeah, absolutely, I love mascots and so on, and I like the way they've evolved and so on. But I'm not like involved with them anymore. But with social media, it's just, it just blows everything up because Gritty's like this meth head rapist that you know. Oh yeah. It's like where, where people go with certain things, it just is mind blowing. And, and and what well, te- uh, what technology can do with, with yeah, uh, well, uh, photoshopping and videos. Yeah, well, the blessing and curse of of social media, right? <laughs> yeah, That's exactly. The thing with Twitter, as great as it's been, it's also a megaphone for stupidity. Yeah. And so every blowhole has a soapbox to stand on, and uh, and and has a and uh, you can reach millions. Yeah. And uh, and unfortunately, and and whether it be sports or politics or whatever it may be, and 
see before growing up it was always oh he was just the loud mouth over in the over in the corner of tim hortons old and like i always said uh fucking carl carl over in the corner telling you how the government should run and what hockey team sucked and blah 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 well now twitter has allowed carl to have a platform so instead of just the 10 people in the morning at tim hortons that have to listen to his shit well now a million people could read carl's shit and uh <laughs> so unfortunately uh there's a lot of fucking Carls out there. We'll put it that way. Yeah. And I'm not trying to act like, oh, you should follow me because I'm I'm the truth and I'm the guiding light of hockey. I'm not saying that at all. I'm completely out of touch. But yeah. uh, I, uh, I I I like Twitter. It's a valuable tool for what I do and and what my team kind of gets. You know, we we have like 19 writers and four four podcasters now, so. It, it's it's a valuable tool to to, to outreach and, and get information. Like I get so much information from the, the writers that I've had the uh, pleasure of rubbing elbows with in the press box. Not in a regular season game yet. I'm hoping that happens this year. But uh, for for other Bruins events, I've been you know fortunate to get close enough to some really cool players and uh, get some interviews. So, but uh, yeah, well, that, and that's and like I actually I think I was talking about that on the last interview i did uh with joe lazito um we were talking about that just how um it it, it's it blows my mind and i mean for i guess for younger people listening who always grew up with the internet this isn't but when i was in high school we didn't have the internet there was no no nothing you know so i because i my right out of high school i always really loved radio and i always kind of i and i really thought about going into radio um, so I kind of did an internship and kind of went to the school and kind of did some, you know, some radio stuff and kind of was just getting immersed in it. And then, and then I, I just never pursued it, but it was, but it was always in the back of my mind. I was always kind of a closet kind of radio thing, but I mean, who, like, who knew in 1993 that all down the line, we're going to have satellite radio and blah, blah, blah. I mean, that was back then it was just AM FM. Right. Right. So, and, and when, like, especially in Saskatoon, like, see so you being like in a major market or whatever in Saskatoon, like we didn't have any sports radio. Like I didn't, we didn't even know what sports radio was. I mean, Oh, you might have a guy on for 10 minutes, you know, after the weather talking about the, you know, the blades or the rough riders, the CFL team. But yeah. I mean, there was no phone in show or anything like that. So to conceive, to, to think of that wasn't, I never thought of that. So it was, uh, you know, so to, so I guess to make a long story longer, um, <laughs> when I get into podcast, I guess this podcasting has sort of been a way for me to live out my radio fantasy, so to go. speak. There you go. Well, and it was kind of, and it's been, and I'll, but it'll blow my mind when all of a sudden you'll get a message from some guy in like Ireland. Hey, love the show, man. And it's like, really? Like, you know, and it was just, and you can reach all these people. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it's not that I have, not that I've reached that many people, but I mean, you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, even if it's a dozen or so people, they're spread out. So it's like, you know, and you and you get like just different feedback from different uh, from different areas, and that's what even when I said with interviewing people, it wasn't just uh, ex ex players that I was interviewing. I've interviewed like just basic like old time hockey hockey fans like myself, and and like I said, well, everyone has a story. Yep. And it's cool when you talk to them, like Farmer Rob I talked to, and he lived out in Ontario. So we talked about the old London Knights junior team, and he talked about when Shanahan was playing for London, and he had stories like that. You know, because back then, we well, I never saw any OHL stuff growing up. Jeez. We never heard of it. You know, because there, no, there was no satellite, right? So you didn't know anything except in your area. Yeah. That was all you knew. You know, like, uh, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, like Bruins. 
unless they played on Hockey Night in Canada, we never saw the Boston Bruins. Right. You know, unless they're, well, I mean, we saw them a lot because they played Montreal all the time on the French Channel. That's yeah. how we'd see the Bruins. Because that was and all you, national TV, right? Yeah, at CBC. Yeah, so across Canada. Yeah. So you'd get, it was always Montreal on the French Channel. Uh, Toronto, you always get the Leafs, of course, because this is before Ottawa and all that. So you'd always get Toronto. And then the late game was always Edmonton or Calgary oh, or shit. Vancouver, you know, which in the 80s was great because the Oilers dynasty, right? So we saw Gretzky all the time. But that's how, like, Wendell Clark really for us, because that was our boy, our Saskatoon blade that got taken first overall in 1985 with the Leafs. He's on Canada's team, right? Nice. And so we got to see him every Saturday night. And so that was like our guy, right? So that was like a really huge deal. Because other than that, you never saw these these people. Hey, Darren, I'm gonna uh, just gonna stop you right there. And when, and when we come back, I'll tell you about my radio fantasy and how I got into it. And uh, I want to talk about Wendell Clark, man, because I always thought that he was a class act and a and a hard nosed player to play. So we'll be right back. Passion, talent. Development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. And Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! Uh, back with a fourth line voice, Darren. Uh, always a pleasure. I mean, not always a pleasure because this is your first time, but thanks so much for, for sticking around and, and talking to me. Um, yeah, when I got my radio fantasy was my dad. My dad worked like three jobs. He was a school teacher by day and he had um, a, a night job. And on the weekends, he used to work at this radio station in Newburyport, Massachusetts called WNBP. And it was wicked cool because when either my mother couldn't take my shit anymore and I had to go out and hang out, hang out with him at the, on the job, I got to learn so much about the radio. And it was cool because when the Bruins were playing on Saturday or Sunday afternoons, uh, they'd get the broadcast and my dad would be like, you know, taking commercial breaks when they do, you know, going back yep. on and blah, blah, blah. So it was really cool to see. And, and uh, when, when, I didn't get. I only got involved in, in in the whole podcasting thing. Like I believe it was January of 2016, but it took me about a year and a half of of talking it up and saving because I, you know, I, I wanted to get the right stuff to do it correctly. And I'm always I'm very anal about you know uh, getting things right on and and you know one of those get it right the first time or you failed. But I learned to to get better and better. But yeah, my experience goes way back then because it was kind of cool that you know Bruins would be on the on the commercial and I'd be able to hit the button. My dad'd be like, "All right, all right, now you hit this button when they come back," and I'd be able to. He's like, "Okay, watch the clock," and then bam, you hit it. So, I mean, it was just a mindless little job that I got to do, but it was really cool and got got me thinking. But and it, and like you said, it brought me back uh, to that moment. I'm like, wow. I mean, I could buy a mic for a hundred bucks and a mixer for a hundred and twenty and Holy shit! This could actually happen, and my passion of of Bruins hockey, and and willingness to like get out there and talk about it with others that were willing to find a line on Skype to come back and talk to me was just like wicked cool. And I'm like, I'm running with this bitch. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, it was. Um, yeah, no. It's been it's been a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, it was because uh, <clears throat> I remember when I first uh, got the internet in the late '90s. It was. Uh, 
you know, I kind of just know, oh, hey, what's this, right? And I'm, you know, you know, chicken pecking away typing and stuff. Yep. And I came across a, a hockey fight site. It wasn't hockeyfights.com. I'm trying to think of the name. Fantastic well, website, by the way. It was, yeah, yeah. And it was, uh, it was fried chicken and there was another one, rink ratters, whatever. Anyway, I found it and all of a sudden it was like, man, there's other like psycho diehards like me. You know, and it was like, and you entered this world and it was like, oh my God, like there's hundreds of guys on this site. And of course, back then, of course, it was the late nineties and stuff. Like there was literally a fight every game, right? Yeah. So there was always shit to talk about on this match report. And you'd have your, this team's homers and that team's homers and they're fighting over who won the fight, blah, blah, blah. But it was just, um, it was just kind of really cool to interact with some of them. And I had some of them, I ended up meeting offline and shit and ended up becoming friends with them. And it was, uh. You know, and it was just really cool. And then to go back to uh, my real my real hockey fight nerdum, uh, nerd. Uh, I always collected uh, fight tape, VHS tapes. I'll date myself here. Rock'em Sock'ems. Well, I had all those. I mean, that was the Christmas gift every year to keep nice. kids shut up while mom was duking the turkey, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that was the thing. And we grew up with Don Cherry, right? Yeah. Obviously, hockey yep. can He was on, and plus, my old man was a huge hockey guy, so it was like, and he loved the Bruins, Bobby Orr, right? Did he play uh, at all? Who's that? Your father. Yeah, he did. He played junior and stuff. And uh, uh, where in junior A, he played in Flimflon. Oh, back cool. In the, way back in the day, and uh, for a little while, and then he had to quit and come back and work because they they needed money back then. Yeah, you know. So it was uh, common then, theme. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, we all played growing up and shit, and obviously some of us were better than others. And I always say, you know how good at hockey I was. When I quit, no one noticed. You know? <laughs> so, you know, my brother ended up with the hockey skills, but it was, uh, yeah. So it was always. How far like, did he go? He played. He played junior, and then he had a he got a college scholarship. Cool yeah. man, that's went awesome. Down to, went down to Wisconsin, and yeah, three time All American. Yeah, he was. Uh, Are you serious? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm serious. Yeah. Oh man, uh, you got you got to you got to uh, send me his uh, elite prospect. I certainly will. Nice. Yeah. I want to take this out. But he did a lot of fighting too. Okay. You know, you know but uh, I, so it was, um, yeah, so I mean, and I, I sucked, <laughs> you know, which is really weird because I grew up with like a rink across the street. Oh, you know, really? Because that's uh, what well, I wanted to ask you about. Well, in Saskatoon, every elementary school has a rink in the, out in the, in the, in the field. Yeah, so it was like, yeah, so I grew up literally a second house in from the school with a rink across the street. Oh, man. Like, regulation-sized NHL rink. And uh, we were out there constantly from the moment school ended to when the, you know, street lights came on. Yeah. And mom's, and mom's yelling at the door to come in, right? Yeah. And I, I mean, and it's cold as shit, and you can't feel your fin- your feet, but, because it's minus 40. Yeah. We were, out, we were out there, man. And it was always surprising for having a rink right across the street. My, I was such a shitty skater. <laughs> so, so I just kind of played locally or whatever. I never played any great heights or anything. I was actually a better, way better baseball player than I ever was at hockey. But What position you know, did you play um, on the ice? Wing. Nice. Yeah. Just skate your lane. You know, that was pretty Power much forward? It. Well, I mean, as much as you could be back then. <laughs> I mean, there was no fighting or anything. Right. But right. I mean, oh, I ended up in playing uh, in an industrial league, and it got into a few. Cool. But I mean, you know, it was, uh, and I, you know, finished third a few times, and uh, <laughs> it was uh, as as my buddy once said, he goes, "Ah, Darren, I didn't go down, but I was doing funny things standing up." You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh... So it was, uh, you know, stuff like that. All right, kids, let this be a lesson to you. If you're ever playing summer rec hockey, be careful who you're mouthing off. 
<laughs> you never know. I've seen some beatings from you get the guy that's watched too many YouTube videos and now all of a sudden he's going to be Joey Koser out there yeah. and he starts mouthing off and the guy he's mouthing off was like he played in the East Coast League for eight years like yeah. for you know back in the day and he I've seen there was a dude he played in the East Coast he's a tough guy in the East Coast League his name is escaping me right now but he was just playing with his buddies and it was like he was like literally 15 years removed from playing or maybe 10 years removed from playing and he's just out there having a good time, throwing the sauce up the middle, right? Just let's drink beer after, and who gives a shit, right? Well, here's Buddy, some heroes running around trying to be, you know, whatever. Like I said, watch too many YouTube videos. And he keeps poking this guy and poking this guy. And they're telling this dude, like, hey, lay off. Like, this guy will fucking kill you. Like, just enough, all right? Let it go, man. And this guy's not going to let it go because this guy doesn't really look like much, right? Oh, he's some 50-year-old dude. Ah, uh, finally... The guys just had enough, and they end up dropping the gloves. Oh, you fucking two-punched this guy. And it was just like, oh, a guy ended up with a broken nose. And it was just like, oh, yeah. But that's what happens, right? And you never know who you're dealing uh, with. Especially uh... if you're playing rec hockey in Saskatchewan, you better be careful. Because there's like million retired ex-pro guys playing, you know. I, I When I grew up, I was a goaltender. My father was a goaltender. He played. Oh, um... All bad against you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but, um. Uh... Oh, hey, would it, would it, can I gain any points by saying that my idol was Ron Hexall? Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I saw him in Brandon back in the day. Hey, have, yeah, you ever, have you ever seen that tomahawk that he put on that guy on my website? I, I did not. I Send that link to me, too. Yeah, oh, he, he, uh, he literally, Paul Bunyan's a guy's head. Holy shit. Yeah, I, Brandon, I remember when he played for Brandon. Yeah, him and the Regina Pat. Stu Grimson ends up tackling him. <laughs> Stu Grimson's playing for Stu. the Pats. Oh, they're playing. Oh, it's Cooper Alls and swinging sticks. It's just mayhem. Anyway, I'm cutting you off. Sorry, man. Go ahead. Uh, um, yeah, I played net. My dad played net, so I was like kind of the whole idol thing. But when I got out of high school, I wanted to play forward. And I played uh, center and right wing. And I played in the uh, one of these. Uh, it's like a. It's, it's definitely a beer league. Uh, I, I got invited to try out for an East Coast League, but I never showed up for the tryout. I just I was like, you know what? I don't think I'm ready for that. I think I'm just going to go to work. But, yeah. um, but I still played. I mean, I, I, I just retired from 30 years in the pads probably oh, probably about 10 years ago. So, yeah, yeah it, was, it was a lot of fun. I, I learned a lot and whatever. But what I'll tell you, when I went out, Play, I trade, played for this league, and they, they did some drafting. It was like very very professional feeling, you know what I mean? Cost yeah. 500 bucks a year. Well, that's but, the thing. Yeah, that wreck, man. Yeah, yeah. but it, it was very professional. You, you went and tried out. You had the freaking coaches that picked you. And, I mean, it was a whole scouting thing. It was it was very to the T professional, and you were allowed a couple fights a year. They limited you. And I remember my first one, and I went into the, just – housing somebody because i was watching freaking rock'em sock'em walking i'm like these guys are just throwing and they're they're looking but they're they're covering so i kind of yeah. i kind of learned from that but uh no nah, it's pretty much a goaltender my whole life that i just ron hextall just did things on his own like anybody that came if you hit that blue that that's a that you pissed in my crease man <laughs> i'm gonna whack you in the back of the heel oh yeah <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, no, the rec hockey, that's expensive, man. And that was the thing, like, it was, and I was working, like, nights and stuff. I just couldn't commit to it, and I just didn't want to spend the money, right? Right. I led, I led the know. league in um, 
in goals and penalty minutes, and that's in one year. My rookie season, actually. It's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> speaking about a funny hockey player, you know who I, I, I absolutely love, and we talked about this before we took the break, but Wendell Clark was always one that, that really worked me up when I was uh, watching games, his in play. And I know I saw him a, a bunch of times in, in Quebec, and uh, obviously Toronto afterwards. Am I correct on that? Well, he started in Toronto and then got traded to Quebec. Yeah, uh, and then did he? Didn't he go back? Oh, he went back to Toronto. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. But it, just the way that I mean, the guy could kick, legitimately play had skill, and but mm-hmm. could kick some freaking ass. And and it just reminded like seeing a player like that is like wow, that's our version of Cam Neely. Yep. And and I, I if I'm not mistaken, I think I've probably seen those two go at it a few times uh, in, in the heyday. But um, I, I always had respect for, for Wendell. Um, and I don't know. It's just he played that all-around game. He could put 30 in. He could yep. and, and give you 200 penalty minutes and just – Oh yeah, just well, that was the thing. And back when he started, like those Leaf teams were just atrocious. Like those '80s Leaf teams were just terrible. And he was like the only guy on that team. Right. And so he's. And I remember Cherry would just lose his shit on the during the period. He goes, "Oh, the guy who scored all the goals is doing all the fighting," you know, and he's getting all <laughs> mad and stuff. But yeah, and everybody, do yourself a favor. Type, go to YouTube and type in "Hero of the Day" by Metallica. But just type in "Hero of the Day" Wendell Clark, and it's like a five minute music montage to that song of Wendell Clark it you'll run through a wall after you watch that it nice. is awesome nice well and he just ran around well that was a well and that's why his career got shortened right I mean yeah. he tried to play middle linebacker in the NHL and it didn't work when you're 510 and 180 you know but he yeah. did it ne- Neely yeah. on the other side I mean pretty much well yeah. Neely is a bigger dude right like Neely was 6'2 2'3 yeah, yeah. Or... yeah but it was it was yeah. so similar on the way they acted on the ice and the way they oh, yeah. played, you know. Yeah. But obviously Neely and you know his cut short was, uh, I, you know, I, I don't want to say obviously it was an injury, but was it the well, Samuels- Samuelson? Was it the Samuelson? Samuelson? Yeah, yeah, knee on knee. So yeah, yeah he's a to- total piece yeah. of shit, and that just yeah. sucked to see, but. Oh yeah, so so many similarities in their game and and, and their hard nosed attitude, but it was all about it was all about that sweater, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that was the thing. Yeah, and like Neely, yeah, he was fifty goal scorer, right? I think Clark fought more, but Neely Neely had more talent offensively, but I think Clark was obviously more of the fighter than Neely was. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, definitely. Uh, but yeah, Neely was just a bigger dude, right? So he could. Uh, you know, it, it he it didn't bust him down as much as Wendell. Well, until all need him, but I mean, uh, yeah, no, both those guys. Yeah, those are like my two. Those two and Rick Tockett. Those are like my three. Nice. Those are my three guys. To this day, they still are my three guys. Growing up, those were from '85 on. You know, those were my boys. Yeah. See, when it what about Bruins? When you when it comes down to enforcers about the Bruins, and I know we're probably I I, just, I don't know we just started ranting and, and, and it's fine because I'm enjoying it so it's my fucking show so suck it yeah um but uh you know who's who's like your in your ten or, or your five that you could think of um like what like who I think were the best Bruin fighters or just my personal favorites well we're forty two years old so how about our yeah. generation. Oh, okay. Well, uh, 
Well, I mean, I could go, I could go way back because I mean, I've seen the videos and everything. I mean, you have Stan, Jonathan, and Terry O'Reilly, and all those guys, and John Winsick. I mean, in the seventies, coached by Don Cherry. So it was like, and I mean, I got those videos and stuff. So I mean, I kind of, and then, like I said, with my dad, it was like, yeah. So we kind of grew up on that, you know. Nice. But uh, you know, when you go on, and I mean, you kind of get into that Jay Miller, Lyndon Byers. Um, my two, you know, my yep, absolutely. That's when I really started. I mean, I saw Terry O'Reilly, and I saw Stan Jonathan, and I saw Johnny Pye McKenzie. I mean, I didn't see these guys, but there was one particular time that they all had 20 goals. It was like 12 oh. players on the team that had all had 20 goals. But if you look at them, too, that they were all pretty much badasses that could, that could oh, yeah. you know, lay you out in an instant, but... I mean, I my my hockey watching goes from at least 1978 on, yeah. so I I did see the you know the uh, I believe Winsick was still around, yeah. um, Milbury, Neely, yeah. O'Reilly definitely. Uh, yeah. I I don't believe I saw Cashman. Um, I did see. No, Chris... he was a little earlier than those guys because I think he played in like the late 60s, early okay. 70s. Okay, all right, yeah. But I do remember Chris Nyland. Um, yep. You know, Boston kid gets drafted. Um, did he? Did he get drafted to Montreal? Yes. Okay. Thank you. I just I, I didn't know if it was like, just one of those pickups. Uh, but I mean, PJ Stock. I mean, I that, love I love me some PJ Stock. Same awesome. here, man. It's like yeah. I'm like this kid's gonna get his freaking ass beat, and all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, oh shit, look at this kid tool that guy, and he's like three feet taller than him. Oh yeah, and he's just like, and well, and the other thing was just like wide open. Like he wasn't wrestling or anything; he just oh. swing and oh, yeah. you know, he was great. I love PJ. He, he could punch at you, eye to eye, or he can punch up at you if you were taller. Yeah. I mean, he's literally like basically jumping on one foot just to land a fucking punch. Yeah. Well, and there's another guy that we were talking about earlier, PJ Stock. When he played, he was a defenseman and junior. Oh shit! Are you serious? And he, he had an eighty point season. Really. Wait, man. PJ Stock could play, man, in the Quebec League. I mean, it was an offensive league and everything, and I don't give a shit. You're playing 80 points, and yeah. goddamn intramural floor hockey, you're putting up 80 points, man. Yeah, so let exactly. alone here. So Stock could play, you know. I mean, but yeah, yeah, he was great. And, and like I said, Jay Miller and uh, Lyndon Byers. Well, there's another thing with Lyndon Byers. I mean, he ended up, you know, and I mean, I know he's on the radio out there, and, and he'll always kind of make fun of his career. And I mean, I know he was an he was known as a partier and – he didn't take shit seriously and whatever. He's right. pretty injury prone. But what about again, he played for he played for the Regina Pats. He was on the World Junior Team, nineteen eighty two, with Team Canada. Oh, that shit. dude was a that dude was a power forward in the Western Hockey League. You look up Lyndon Byers' stats in junior. He was the shit. He was awesome. Nice. What about Nevin uh, Marquardt? You remember him? There's another. Well, he played in Regina with him. Yeah, Which... those are Western Hockey League guys. Yeah, I never knew. I don't know. I don't know what Marquardt was thinking wearing that bucket. You know, with that helmet of his. But yeah, yeah. I mean, he had the cleaner right bucket. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it was. The, it was time. like a cat box. Oh, it was just. It was just terrible. I remember. I I sent a Christian Rutu wore the same. Oh one my too. god. He did yeah. too for Buffalo, yeah. right? I was drunk hockey carding one night, and I at Brad May. I said, "How the fuck did you guys let this guy leave the locker room wearing this goddamn thing?" Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, he just got back. Yeah, I know. I'm like, yeah, whatever. What can you say, right? I'm like, I'd run that guy in practice for wearing that thing. You know, Mayday. But, uh, you talked to you talked to Mayday, huh? 
Well, he follows us, yeah. And I mean, I've had some pretty, I've had some direct, you know, direct message interaction with him and stuff. And I love Brad May growing up because in '91, when the World Juniors were in Saskatoon, he was on the team. He played for Team Canada with Lindros and stuff, oh, and uh, and and he didn't play all the games. But I ended up running into him on the concourse and talked to him for like 15 minutes. And you know, we were we were 14 or whatever, and he was like, I guess 18, obviously at the time. But for some reason, that seemed like he may as well have been like. 50 in our eyes right yeah. it was just a real and it was cool to go onto twitter and then to direct message i told them the story about talking to him in saskatoon and shit and it, it was just kind of cool to share that with them like you know 30 years later or whatever but it was uh and again the going back to what twitter has been great and talking to a lot of these players and i've had a you know the chance to have like just private conversations with them and it's been really uh it's been really cool you try to i kind of try to Hold off fanboying too much, but uh, I want to ask him a thousand questions. Yeah, I, yeah, I try yeah. to play it cool, but uh, yeah, it's uh, no, it's been really fun. May, uh, my my worst memory of May was when he scored the overtime goal against the Bruins. We we were watching that. We were we were all pissed up in my buddy's basement drinking, <laughs> and we and I remember because I was all I said was. And I was joking. We were sitting around and true as shit, honest to God. I'm like, all I care about, I said, Brad May's got to score the winner. (laughs) We never thought he'd get a shift, right? And all of a sudden, he put that fucking move on Bork, and it was like, we lost our minds because we were all makings, right? So, oh, oh, yeah. What year was that, Darren? What year was that? I'm trying to think what year that was. That had to be, what, 93, 94? I was still in high school. Oh, my God. I was was just, oh, junior in high school. would have graduated in 93 so it was like uh yeah so I, I, i'm that. 94 so yeah yeah so it had to be around that time because we were all all, yeah. my, all my high school buddies were watching this tv Jesus. so it had to be then i do yeah. remember that that's crazy and yeah, rick, yeah. rick generette just mayday 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 <laughs> all for the ages yeah and of all the guys yeah it was great we loved loved it um but yeah, well, then just to finish up your question, it was uh, with the Bruins. Uh, you know, you move into, you know, I love Sean Thornton, and then, of course, and then uh, the big one was Lucic, because mm. uh, we we watched. I've I've been watching Milan Lucic since he was sixteen. Yeah, he's been out in the uh, the, the out in out in BC with yeah the Vancouver yeah. Giants for a while. Yeah, and I and I had friends that lived out in Vancouver, and they were like, "Yeah, you got to see this dude we just got, man. He's gonna fuck dudes up." And yeah. like they would, it would send the fight tapes my way, right? So and it's like, "Oh, this guy is awesome." And he was like the toughest, like he was the champ of the Western Hockey League. Yeah, but what we- you know, his his uh, his sidekick on that team was, um, oh no, I just had it, Matt Cassian. No, um, oh no, he was a former Bruin. Oh. And he and he had um, a stroke at on ice. Oh, Cam Cunningham. Yeah, Craig Cunningham. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Craig yeah. Cunningham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um. Yeah, I remember he he played for the Giants too, uh, yeah. with the with Milan and boy, yeah. man, that team. Oh, I was, I, I, yeah. yeah, I was. I mean, I I at that time I really wasn't in hockey. Oh, especially the junior leagues, like like I am now, but um. You you look in the uh, any of the hockey manuals and so on, going through these guys, and it's like, damn, those guys can well, freaking throw it down. Well, and the funny thing with the Lucic thing is, like I said, when he got because uh, we were all like, oh, please don't get taken by the Canucks because <laughs> the Canucks are such fucking nerds, right? And you had the two freaking Bobsy twins there, those two geeks, and it was just like, uh, don't get taken by the Canucks. And typical Vancouver, they blow it. I mean, if it was, uh, and then you know, I guess if he had been Swedish, they might have taken him. But it was. Uh, 
But then he gets taken by the Bruins. And it's like, oh, awesome. But no one in Vancouver, I know, expected him to make the team as an as an 18-year-old. Yeah. Or an yeah. 18-year-old, I guess. And, uh, yeah, and then... Well, he showed we, something in camp. I mean, he showed, some, he showed something in camp that the Bruins wanted. And it was, I think it was that, at that particular time, those guys were thinking, we need to bring back the old big bad Bruins. And this yeah. kid has it in him. But that Milan Lucic was only really like that for four seasons. And I believe Bruins management, whether people re- agree with me or not, I don't care. But I swear to God, they sat him down and said, listen, you need to freaking slow it down. Your hands are getting all busted up. We need you offensively. But it, you well, know, they, I think even back have, then they wanted to say the league's changing. You know, you need to change. Yeah. Well, they had Thornton, right? Yeah, so oh, yeah. Like, let him do it, right? And it was like, well, the thing with Lucic, and it was so unfair. And, and of course, it's typical hockey world nowadays. Of course, right away, it's like, oh, he's the next Cam Neely. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, and yeah. It's like, and it's like he never scored in junior. Like, if you look, the most goals he ever had was thirty. Right. Like, it wasn't like, oh, he was piping home 60. Like, like no, he only had 30 goals. So it was like, no, he's not going to be Cam Neely. In fact, the most goals he's ever scored in his career was the one year in Boston. I'm like, we couldn't believe he actually scored that much. Yeah, it was like, what, what, that was 35 or something. Yeah, it was yeah like, got a 30 goal know, year. Yeah, well, we couldn't believe he scored that many because I'm like, oh, he's going to be a 15 to 20 goal guy. Basically, what he's doing now. It's like, well, that's his average. He's always he's going to be about a twenty goal guy. Throw some hits. I mean, you know, they don't fight like they did used to anymore. So he's not really going to fight that much. When he does, he's really good at it. Yeah. But it's like that's just way he's going to be. But everybody, and it's like, as soon as he wasn't scoring fifty, it was like I don't know if all of a sudden people just just always oh, a bust or he's what? Well, I don't know. To me, it just seemed like he kind of got. I, it was just unreasonable expectations because, like I said, we'd watched him the whole time. And it was like, no, he's not going to be a fifty goal guy in the NHL. Like, what are you talking about? And it's like he's sort of doing what we kind of thought, what we thought he would do. But I guess the hockey media gets a hold of it, and of course, going with Boston and whatever. Oh, the Neely comparisons were going to be there. I understand that, right. but it was just like, no, you know. And I mean, you know, and there's been a few like last year. He was, oh, he was like apparently he was terrible last year and started off good and then kind of failed. You know, but yeah. I mean, I think he's so beat up and like physically, because like people forget, like he's been playing like that since he was 15. Exactly. And fighting and all that. Like, I mean, he was like, he had, well, that's the thing with those guys back then, what people forget, like Lucic had like 50 some career fights before he even got to the NHL. No shit. You know, so it's like people forget these guys got the shit beat out of them already before they even get there. You know, so it's like, yeah, it's going to take its toll quicker on guys like that. So, but yeah, I, basically, he I, I had a, a huge Lucic guy. I love him. Yeah, I mean, I was a, I was a kid, apparently. I was definitely a fan his first four years, but his last four, I was just, I mean, he was just slowly on the decline, like you were mentioning earlier. But, yeah, I mean, and it goes out. I mean, like, like my friend out there, I mean, he's he kind of knows him and stuff. And I, you know, there's some, some personal stuff or whatever going on. But, you know, hopefully yeah. he's. It cleared that up and oh that whole thing with his dad was was well, that was tough man yeah yeah so um moving away from that um jesus i thought forgot where i was gonna be going yeah I, you're, you're gonna ask me about the account you're gonna ask me about all this but where i we end up getting sidetracked here We're yeah, i know it's everywhere yeah we uh that's all right though that's that's what happens you know what i mean when i have fun and and i'm just you know it's almost like I'm sitting with my best friend. I I just go along with it and 
hey, it gets over a thousand listens every week, so you know. There you go. Like I told you on the I told you on Twitter there. I could I could talk the ears off a of brass monkey. So it's like, yeah, if you want to go, I can go. Yeah. <laughs> I love it too. You're so honest. You're like, it's probably not going to be a good idea for your followers. <laughs> I'm like, nah, dude, come on. Come on. We'll well, I mean, I mean, I know your followers are like, you know, they listen to you to get the current, the brew, the the lowdown with the Bruins, right? And it's like, uh, yeah, all of a sudden you're gonna have this uh, dinosaur on here talking about like, who the fuck <laughs> is this guy? Who's he talking about? You know? But uh, yeah, no, she's it's, a, it's, it's a different game these days. It is. It's, it is, and I do and appreciate. I, when I say on Twitter, like I don't watch. I legitimately don't watch. It's no, I have no idea who half these guys are. You know. See, so that, that was that's amazing, amazing though. The, well, it was funny in the summer, like when when you guys were all doing all these different podcasts, were doing their season previews and everything else. And I tried listening to some of them, but it's just like I have no clue who you guys are talking about. And that's what I told, like I've told a few people. I think I might have even told you that, dude. It's nothing personal, but it's just like I don't know. Twenty eighteen hockey just doesn't interest me, so it's like right. I just uh, you know. So to go to my point, that's just kind of why mine's different. You know, hey, whatever. If people want to, they watch it and listen. You know, that's great. I'm not knocking anybody for watching hockey. I'm not saying that. I'm not knocking. That's the other thing. I'd like to dispel this rumor that I always get shit on, like I shit on the players or something. If you go back and look at anything I've ever tweeted or anything I've said on any podcast, I've never shit on a professional hockey. I've never shit on a player. How can you? Really? professional athletes how can you say anything about them right you can't you know now i can i understand people's opinions i think jim's better than joe well that's your opinion that's yeah. you know yeah but i don't know i always kind of like when people start oh this guy's a piece of shit and he shouldn't be in the league and fuck that guy and eh, yeah. i don't know i i just kind of i kind of tune out at that point I i'm on know. i'm on board with youtube and, and the the narrative that i cannot stand and i will like you know in my own little internet corner is fight back with is when when somebody wishes something of an injury. Like I hope this guy get in, injured so this young kid could play. You know, yeah. I, I don't like that. Those those fucking oh. morons. Well, and it's like at the end of the day, it's like okay, you know, you have these, and this is the one thing that kind of really bugs me a lot about podcasting or blogging or basically what a lot of shit on my timeline seems to come up on or on Twitter. These kind of these I I always refer to them. It's like the new age fans. You know, these and they're younger and stuff. And I and I understand this is what this is the game that you grew up with. It's a completely different game than what I grew up with, and that's fine. But uh, I, there seems to be a real lack of respect for the old days, and it's just like, oh, it's better now. Back then, sucked. Oh well, okay. Like, oh, the game's about skill. I always love that one. I actually tweeted about that today. <laughs> oh, the game's about skill now. Oh, yeah, like Lemieux, Gradsky, or, yeah, they were just, what you think? The, the goal has always been to score more than the other team. Yeah. So I, I don't know what you're talking It's about skill now. What are you talking about? There's always been skill in hockey. Oh, it's fast now. Well, Mike Gardner and Pavel Burry were really fast, too. You know, there was a reason he was called Rocket Richard. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's always been fast guys. Difference was there was center ice back then, and you got held up. So there was a little difference there. The rules have made it quicker, yeah. which is fine. Or then stupidly, though, then they can't figure out why concussions have gone up. Oh, really? No. Speed the game up. Speed the game up. Why are people getting hurt? I don't know. Really? You don't know? Okay. Yeah, they want to maximize as much money in, in, in such little time. Yeah, well, that's just... <clears throat> and it, it, it makes sense as a business because I remember going to, 
I remember going to the Boston Garden back in the old days, the original Garden, and my dad giving me t- getting tickets, and you know, the, the games were like t- almost three and a half hours long. It seemed, yeah. you know, and we'd have to like travel home and so on. Now it's like, you know, it almost seems like the schedule is like so catered to the train schedule and what every like avenue to get out of Boston is actually working at the same time. You know what I mean? Oh, it's like, oh, well, finally, yeah, ho- it's like everyone's got ADD now or something, you know, yeah. and it's just like, when, when was hockey ever slow? I don't understand this, you know, but I mean, see, back then, we always hoped the score would get out of hand, because yeah, exactly. then the third period, shit's going to hit the fan, then it'll get really good. You leave well, with now, a smile and a high five down the stairs. Well, yeah, and like I said, you get these people. <laughs> Excuse me. They, they go they go on and on about oh the fighting's down and oh how great it is and well oh, that'll sell and everything else. It's like really, you ever see? I I've never seen anybody boo when a fight happened. They show the crowd, everyone's cheering and high fiving. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I you know like I said, the only people that don't like fighting are the ones that get in for free. So hey, I, and I, and unfortunately that's who the league listens to. I got media oh. media and the vocal minority on social media. That's who the internet. That's who these leagues listen to. I got a question for you. Sure. All right, since you haven't been a hockey fan, and but you like the fights, have you been to a hockey game? And if so, what was your first and your best live fight? Well, a lot of my stuff obviously was junior. I mean, I w- went to tons of Western Hockey League stuff back in the day. Uh, in terms of NHL, why my I have a lot of family that lived in Calgary, so I've been to a bunch of Flames games growing up and stuff. And I've been to the, I was in Edmonton and saw the Oilers play, and but I mean I was like you know nine, ten, eleven years old, so nothing real. I remember there was fights, but none of them. So really my, stood out. Mine, mine would be like a would be a, a, a junior, but I mean I can remember watching Tony Twist fight. In Saskatoon, yes, or Kelly Kelly Chase. I mean, all those videos. Former St. Louis Blues players, both of them. Yeah, those are those fights are actually up on my YouTube page. Oh man, when they played Saskatoon. Oh, I remember Tony Twist fighting Link Gates at the old arena, and like and like Link Gates just beat the shit out of him. Oh yeah, it's like you know, and then Kelly Chase and Kevin Kaminsky and well, and then currently what people remember Wade Belak. Yeah, I knew Wade. You know, and it was like. You know, so I saw lots of him. I remember watching him as a rookie all the way until he left, and Chris McAllister, and I mean, oh yeah, lots of, I mean, all the Western guys, right? They all came through there, so you saw those guys, yeah. Well, then recently, I mean, I don't go to too many games anymore, but if to put a Bruins spin on it, I've watched Jake DeBrusque a bunch of times when he was with Current. Yeah, you know, yeah. well, because I liked his dad. I was a big fan of his dad, Louis, of course, and then uh, so oh, Jake, you know. You know, obviously Jake, you know, he isn't a fighter or anything, but I mean, uh, kids got skills, you know, and uh, so that was that was cool. I I, I think, I, yeah, my interview with Dakota Rogers, him and Jake DeBrusque were uh, teammates. So, he, yeah, I think he tells the Jake DeBrusque, well, he wore the sandals. Or yeah. The, All right. <laughs> wow. We went, we went a whole mile for this for this to come up. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Uh, no, no. Uh, Dakota Rogers was in high school with Jake DeBrusque. And somebody bet him uh, to wear uh, flip flops for the whole school year. Now, and he's from Edmonton, correct? Yep. And yeah, that's. Uh... <laughs> well, they would have been going to school in Swift Current in Saskatchewan, which is a small town. Okay. Small, smallest town in but the still, actually, it's, a small... it, it's, oh, it's and, freaking cold. Oh, it's minus 40. And he did it. 
Yeah. Oh, like when we get winter here, it's like it's like Siberia weather. It's like right. minus forty for like we- for like a week straight. But oh, I give yeah. that kid credit for doing it, and not losing a fucking toe, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy shit. I know that's unbelievable. But you know, you know um, I I I was listening to a uh, your podcast before uh, training camp, and I saw I saw Jake come in, and uh, he didn't he he didn't have his badge. I was in the main arena, uh, just looking around and taking some notes, and I look up and I'm like, "Hey, Jake," and he goes. Forgot my pass, and he was coming through the uh, through the turnstile and coming down the um, thing, and I'm like, "What are you sneaking in the back door?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah." I was like, "I wish I had the opportunity to, to ask him and get some video, uh, some audio on." Hey, when you were in high school, did you did you seriously go to school the whole year in flip flops? I think that would have been cool, and I would have shared that with you to to uh, give back to Dakota. And if I see him in soon, I'm gonna do it. Oh, you gotta ask him, man. He'll look at you like, "How did you hear about this?" You know? <laughs> See, that, but when I do it, I'm gonna send it right back to you, so you can also awesome. add awesome. that, add that, and if you ever want to have Dakota back on, play the audio for him. So, yeah, I'll, I'll try to make that happen. But uh, going back to to the best live fight uh, for <laughs> for me, it was recently, and I, I, it was kind of cool because um, I got tickets from. My job, and this was, I believe, in between 2005 and 2010, somewhere in that area. Uh, my vice president came up to me and said, "Mark, we cannot go to the game tonight. Do you want these?" And and he and he gave us two tickets to the Montreal Canadiens game. Um, and Milan Lucic absolutely pummeled yep. Mike Commissarek. Yep, and I mean, beat the piss out of him, and he was Commissarek was. Begging for it, but that yep. game, that game, the Bruins won seven to one. And me and my wife Courtney, we we absolutely had such a fucking blast. But that right there, and seeing how much Commissarek was being a bitch throughout most of his career, and barking, 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 but it was time to go. He was never really ready, you yeah. know. I when we saw that happen, I was like, mad respect to Milan Lucic. Um, not my not my favorite player at all, but the definite best live fight I've ever seen. And I've been to a couple hundred games, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I remember that fight, yeah. Uh, now that I think about it, actually, probably the best live fight I saw, I'm junior, but it's two known guys, was uh, Wade Belak when he fought Rocky Thompson. See, I don't, and, rem- uh, I don't remember Rocky. Oh well, he was like the he was like the kind of the heavyweight champ in the league, and uh, yeah, when him and uh, him and uh, Wade went at it that night, it was a uh, you know it was about twenty seconds, but yeah, they were they were throwing bombs. Yeah, did, it was a great Ro- fight. did Rocky ever make it to the show? Yeah, he played a bunch of games with the Flames. Cool. Yeah, he, uh, you know, about ten or fifteen. Yeah, the big. I remember at his home debut in the Saddle Dome, he fought Christoph Oliwa ah, twice. No shit, huh? Yeah, he fought him twice, and uh, oh, and he had the long hair. He looked like the Hansons. Yep. And after his second fight, he puts his arms up, and a friend of mine happened to be at that game, and he said the sat- the roof almost came off the saddle of him. Oh, that's Rocky's awesome. From Calgary, his hometown guy, right? Yeah. And the big pay- Calgary Sun the next morning, Rocky Hockey, as, <laughs> and they got a picture of him. He's got hair all over his. He looks like cousin it, right? Hey, did um, he play for the Hitman? No, he played for the Medicine Hat Tigers. Oh, okay, all right, but in but the area. He, uh, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, and uh, 
Yeah, Rocky was great. Yeah, the Legos had long hair, just a showman, and yeah, and he he uh, we were and that was actually a game on TV, and we were just like loving Rocky. Nice, and he's and he's a, and he's a really nice guy, and actually he should be. Uh, I think people will be seeing him. He'll be coaching in the NHL soon. Cool. Yeah. He won the Memorial Cup as a coach with the Windsor Spitfires, and then he's coaching the Chicago Wolves right now in the Vegas system. He's the head coach with the Chicago Wolves, and uh, he's really well thought of. Yeah, and uh, and I've met him a couple times. Rocky's really good, really nice guy. Nice. Um, jeez. Yeah, we've been yapping. Where, for where, a while. where do we go from here? I know we can't, we can't start at the start. Like, how did your account start? <laughs> we can't do that. So, <laughs> how'd your account start? Well, <laughs> well, it was, it was funny because I was never a social media person. I didn't have Facebook. I don't have any of that stuff. And uh, my friend Kevin got it started. And uh, he was just kind of telling me what, what he was doing the one day. And I'm like, so you sit around and talk about what you had for lunch and 140 characters? Like, this sounds ridiculous. Why would anybody do this? No, 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 man. You got to get on here. There's, like, athletes and stuff. And he was showing me. And I just kind of got it. Oh, yeah, okay. And I, and I always had all these pictures saved. Like, for whatever reason, I'd go around the internet and I'd fight message boards or whatever. And throughout the years, I'd, you know, you'd see pictures. And I, for whatever, I'd just save them on a desktop, fight pictures. And I end up with like thousands of these things. So he's like, Yeah, you should start putting uh, pictures up on this, on our Twitter account. Okay. And uh, so we just, I'd put up Bob Probert pictures or whoever the fighters were. And uh, yeah, it just kind of grew from there. And then the big one was uh, uploading, like, I have all these fight dvds from junior and the minors and the nhl so i just start uploading certain fights and then if a guy happened to be on twitter that was in one of the fights i would at him so he could see it and a lot of these guys have never seen their junior stuff right so like aaron asham or kale hulse or guys like this i mean all of a sudden you show them their fight from when they were 18 years old and it's like holy shit dude and they just started following the account and the account just grew from there and uh yeah ended up with a lot of players following especially a lot of junior like guys that never made the nhl or anything yep well because if you go on youtube and know bob probert well i mean like all those fights from the nhl are on there right? right but i mean you you have a minor league guy that you know he played three years in the western hockey league and then he in 1997, he played for the, you know, Tallahassee Ice Sharks or something. Well, his fights aren't <laughs> Tallahassee on Tallahassee Warthogs. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, no one has he, no one has those. But I would have some of that stuff, and I would put it up, and they were just, they would just get excited. And then a guy that just played junior, the really funny thing, and I've, I've literally got this story a few times, well, more than a few times. Like I said, you put a fight up from, like, 1993 from when this guy was 18 years old. Well, now this guy's married with three kids, and he's a like a real estate. He's a car salesman or something, right? Probably put on another fifty pounds. Probably hasn't skated in ten years, you know. And he's but he every once in a while he'd tell his kids, "Oh, I I kicked ass back in the day." Yeah, sure, Dad. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> well, all of a sudden I send him a video. Hey, remember this fight when you were in wherever and you kicked? Well, now he shows the kid. Hey, see, I told you, oh, I did kick dude, ass. That's fucking awesome. Oh, it was great. And this guy said, "Oh, my son was so pumped to see his old man fight." Oh man, that's a yeah, great moment. Like, Here's my man. dad when he was 18. Look at his got a mullet, you know, <laughs> and he's beating some bitches ass in Kelowna, right? And he's, you know, and, and his kid takes it to school, and plays it for his friends on his phone, and they're yeah, all laughing. Have a laugh and a holy shit moment. Yeah, like holy shit, Kyle's dad really could kick my yep. dad's ass, you yep, know? Absolutely. You know, cuz they just see some bald guy that sells, 
you know, used Toyotas down on 8th Street or something, right? <laughs> they never they never realized that this guy had, like, a thousand penalty minutes in three years in the Alberta Junior League, right? Yeah. Jesus. Like, 30 years ago. So that, that, part, of, that part of Twitter has been really fun to share with those guys. And to... To kind of go on, kind of get cheesy. I don't mean to sound cheesy, but it's true. No, that's um, no, that's really cool though. But on here, I I found as I was on going on Twitter, and my buddy Kevin kind of he started his own business and he's moved on and he's out traveling all the time, so he didn't really have time for any of this. So I kind of just picked up the torch and was starting to really get into it with the Twitter account. And having stories like that was really fun. But I found as I went around Twitter or listened to podcasts or whatever, no one was really talking about the old guys like you'd have a history of hockey and oh we're going to talk about you know gordy howe's 1958 season yeah it's stuff like that but i mean nobody was talking about some fourth line guy that played in the east coast league in 1996 right right you know and it was like but i was like well those guys i've always identified with the junior guys and the minor league guys right and they like i said and i know a lot of them and they all have stories the hockey boys always got stories doesn't matter what league you played in they all have <laughs> stories and it was like those just weren't getting shared and, like, every once in a while, you'd have a podcast. I'll so say they'd have Tony Twist on. Well, they'd talk about his career for three minutes. Then, hey, how about that Blues power play from last night? Well, who gives a shit what Tony <laughs> Twist thinks of the St. Louis Blues power play? I want to hear about when he fought Bob Probert, you know? that. Uh, so it was always just kind of like, you know what? No one is ask, has these guys on or is talking to them. And the other thing was the just this, and you get it now. It's like these fans, they, they kind of view it back then as oh that was hockey's dark time like oh the cte and the head thing and everything let's put that in the closet and not talk about it and move on right well you know and i was like no fuck that i want to talk to these guys and i want to put a spotlight on these guys so yeah maybe you don't know like when i interviewed josh mazer there are people listening who the fuck is josh mazer well he played in the western hockey league and he played in the east coast league and he has stories hey darren do me a favor yeah keep talking i gotta take a you're Keep going? Yeah, keep going. I'll be right back. Okay. Well, yeah. So, and like I said, everyone has stories. And it was, uh, yeah. So I just wanted to sit down with them and, and, and bring it out. Right. And I, and I, it was received really well and people really enjoyed it. And I always liked getting kind of the, that was always my thing was just the stories from the guys. And, uh, and like I said, no one was really talking to these guys. And so my account just be kind of came a, a, a shrine, so to speak, or just, you know, shine a spotlight on the forgotten guys. And whether it be a minor league guy or a junior guy or some guys that made the NHL, like Jim McKenzie or stuff like that, and Aaron Asham. And, but I think through this, as the sands of time go, they, they, uh, they get forgotten about. I mean, you kind of get that new age attitude, like, oh, they were just dummies and, you know, whatever. And, and, uh, just looked at really negatively the role. And, uh, you know, and I understand with this, with the, the head with the head trauma thing that's come out now and the CTE and and everything I understand people talking about that but I mean you know for every guy that's has you know there's lots of guys that don't have it that fought too you know and I mean I it's just sort of uh but I mean the media likes to create the monster and uh you know like I said and I, I just thought it was just really kind of just disrespectful that like I said, you can have a podcast or do whatever and talk about today's players, and that's all cool. But it respect the history of the game and the players that came before. Exactly. You know, and yep. it's like you know, and it's evolution. Of course, today's athletes are better. The science behind them is better. You know, like we didn't like even back in the day, like nobody heard of polymetric training, and you, you, that's what training camp was for—is to get into shape. 
I mean, now it's a 12-month job. And, I mean, you know, it was just, hell, the guys would smoke between periods back in the day. Oh, my God, so, Johnny Pie. Johnny yeah. Pie McKenzie would have a butt between shifts. Yeah, you know, so it was just... In a beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, but you get these young, oh, Sidney Crosby, if he went back in the 70s, he'd have 300 points. You know, well, okay. Yeah, he'd also get freaking elbowed right in the teeth, Oh, he'd too, get trucked know? big time. Well, yeah, but it was different because you'd held guys up and, you you know, and there was center ice. And the, it's just the game's different. The pads are really tiny, too. You it, know, it's just stuff like that. And Darren, I got a question for you. When it comes to, like, I, and I had to take a path and break, man. These three beers just went right through me. Um... <laughs> But when you're talking about head head trauma and CTE mm-hmm. and so on, um, what how, what are your feelings about like the the class action lawsuit that a lot of players did mm-hmm. uh, bring on to the league and and and, and believe it or not by an arbiter uh, that got blown out uh, and they they want to they want to focus on one on ones instead of a group uh, attacking the league for or not, I'm not saying attacking that's a terrible word. Uh, kill me if you want, but um, it the one on ones and the issues. Uh, what do you what do you feel about that? Well, it's funny. I I actually got into an argument with uh, oh, uh, who's the guy the the ex player that's all over Twitter about it right now? Uh, Carcillo. I got into an argument uh, Daniel, with Carcillo yep. online with him, and he of course he ended up blocking me. So I was like, well, apparently you don't want other people's opinions. But uh, oh, I think I saw that tweet. Yeah, well, and, it, and I wasn't being disrespectful. That was recent, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it was about two or three months ago. It yep. was during the summer. Okay. And I have, I have nothing but respect for him. I, I have, it, My issue isn't with the guys with the lawsuit. I understand that. But I think you have to go. I also said there, and I, there has to be some responsibility taken on both sides. And I think a lot of these guys in the lawsuit I, I, are putting all the blame onto the, oh, they, you know, they made me. Well, you're a grown adult. If you weren't feeling right, uh, but I understand why they did it. Cause you're an athlete, you're paid. I got to go out there. I understand the athlete's mindset. I've, I had concussions and played through them. I understand that mindset. I do. But at the same time, can I go back and, you know, sue football Saskatchewan for playing? I mean, I, I didn't have to play, right? but I, I did it. Right. And I mean, yeah, now, and this, this, I mean, every case might be, is different. Now, if they, Hey, if you don't play, you're going to the minors, or they threatened you that way. Well, okay, now this is a whole—that's a whole different story. Yeah. Now, now I'm completely on your side, and yeah, fuck these guys. Get the money that you can get. But believe but, it or not, but believe it or not, in my opinion, Darren, I think that the arbiter was actually going for that and and saying you bet you have a better opportunity, guys, and everybody in your—I don't know how many hundreds of players it was, even if it was hundreds of players. I'm speculating, spitballing, folks, but. If it was all those players, I think the guy was looking out in their best interest saying, you might have a better opportunity to get better paid out for for what happened in your time individually yeah. instead of a group because that, you know, as a group, it's going to be a certain percentage that you get Yeah, as a group, well, not and, as and an individual. Yeah, and the stories are different, right? Like, I know some guys were threatened like no you're playing or you're sending you down to the minors and the thing is we're not talking eric lindros like guys with with uh you know first line i'm a superstar fuck you i'll do you know right no these are like the fourth line bubble guys so it's like yeah if they go down to the american league they're done yeah. right so it's like yeah so i understand that position of playing and yeah if a team threatened you know well, now that's a whole other can of worms yeah but 
I mean, at the end of the day, if you had a concussion and you didn't tell anyone and, you know, and again, if you're going to the seventies, eighties, nineties, like these guys, well, there was no concussion protocol and all this, like people have to stop looking at it through 2018 eyes too. Right. Yeah. Like, how oh, how did they not know? Well, we didn't know back then. You know, I could tell you from experience, we didn't know back then, you know, and it was, uh, and, or no one knew the long-term ramifications. Right. I'd, I'd like to think maybe they did. I mean, I guess at the same time, everyone saw the old timey boxers and punch drunk and all that. But I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a real slippery s- slope, but to me, there's a lot of like res- on both sides, responsibility not being taken. And, and I, and I don't want to knock the guys that are involved. Cause like I said, I don't know everyone. I don't know the person. Everyone's got a different personal situation. So I don't want to just blanket. Oh, fuck these guys. No, I'm not saying that. Oh, you played, take the money, quit crying. I'm not, I'm not in that mind frame, but I, like I said to Carcillo, it's like you're put, what I do think though, that the NHL needs to do. And and this is where I really agreed with Carcillo and Nick Boyton and them as their point is I think a lot of times, as soon as their career is done, it's like, you're the, you're forgotten about. And I really think the league should need, especially the player. And that's a player's union. Like those dude paid union dues the whole time they were playing. And then as soon as they're done playing, it's like you're forgotten about. And I think the union needs to help these guys. Cause I've always found from talking to, even on Twitter here, as I've talked to players, I've seen from friends of mine that played pro hockey in the minors and stuff. The biggest adjustment, like a lot of these guys just don't transition well to life after hockey. Cause for most, for most of them, it was a sudden stop and they didn't, they didn't go out on their, on their, on their, uh, with, you know, on their, on their horse. It was just, it was over. Now you're done. So they had no time to prepare. And a lot of these guys, it's the only thing they've ever done their whole life. And everything is so scheduled. You play here, you buses here, you do this, to do this, to do this. To all of a sudden, you're 30 years old, you're playing in the you know East Coast League, and you look in the mirror, you have no job skills, nothing. And, and your knees are shot. So I think life after hockey is, hits these guys really hard, a lot of them. And uh, then you get a whole bunch of other issues. And I, and I think... Well, I don't think I know that the league and the union has not done really well in in helping these guys. No, and, you're right, absolutely and, right. Yeah, and I think that's a that's the big issue. And like everybody, all oh, the fighting and the face punchers, and, and if you say a fa- if you call anybody a face puncher, you're a fucking moron. Well, the, you know? to me, to me, the league and its officials and the people that are doing the intelligent in- investigations and stuff like this are the ones that are looking like asses when they come back and say that. None of this stuff is related to what's going on in our game, and you know, but it is. They were playing. They were playing in your league. They signed NHL contracts to play for certain teams, and it did happen. Yep. And that's the yeah. worst part about it is 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 the recognition is. It, we're not trying to say who's playing. You know, we're not. Bl- I don't think they're blaming the NHL. I mean, like no. you said, there could be situations that they were pressured into doing certain things. But as a yep. blanket statement, the NHL saying, you know, we don't find any significant resemblance of, of anything being connected is, is just a little bit asinine to me. And and, and I think it's a league that's afraid that they're going to have to pay big, big money if this ever comes out to be, uh, you know, a, either an individual lawsuit per player and per, you know, incident. Or a blanket with a um, 
a class action. I think this is something that they're very afraid of and they don't want to deal with yet. And they're dragging the fucking ass on doing it. And that pisses me off. Well, I mean, at the same time, it, it, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, oh, they know. But the thing is, at the end of the day, Batman's a lawyer. Yeah. So he's not going to come out. There's and say meta, these these people. They're, they're corporations. They they yes. run they run people's lives. They have to have liabilities and they have to have doctors. Everybody's entitled to get paid in a certain situation when it comes to a business like this. So yeah. everybody knows something. If you fart at a certain place at a time, somebody's going to fucking know about it. Because <laughs> you're, yeah, under, well, you're, you're, I mean, all I'm saying is, and I don't mean to like use that as an analogy or anything like that, but you're under a very, very tight microscope as being a professional player. So don't, you, you can't just say no; it doesn't happen. No, well, and the thing is, is that, but with a lawsuit going on, they're not going to admit it happens. Yeah. Because now, now you've just given the lawsuit ammunition, the lawyer exactly. ammunition, right? So they're going to deny, deny, deny until they have to, until they have, to, until they can't anymore. You know, so like right now, everybody's like, "Oh, why doesn't Batman admit it?" Well, he's not going to admit it. There's a lawsuit going on, so of course he's going to keep saying that there that there's no correlation. Well, obviously there is, but the one thing with the players, and uh, you know, and everybody likes to uh, fighting is always the easiest scapegoat. A lot of the guys that are in the loss, they're not blaming fighting. And then that's the thing. Oh, why don't they get rid of fighting? Well, look at the the last. They every year they do a the the their players union gives every player a questionnaire, and they fill it out a survey. Well, and every year it comes back ninety eight or nine. It's like almost a hundred percent want fighting in hockey. Yeah. Well, that's why there's fighting in hockey. Yep. If like five of a if it came back five percent want fighting, there would be no more fighting. They ban it. They could ban it at any time. They just have to make it a game misconduct. Now, but the players want it. And you talk to junior players, they all want it. Every player wants fighting. Now, no. whether they don't, they, like, the media will go on and on, oh, read the hockey news, they, no, no, we got to get rid of it. <laughs> well, the players all want it. So, no, it's until they don't want it, fighting's, they might not fight as much, but I mean, or obviously they don't, but I mean, fighting will always be around. And then, as, and, Fighting truly does. It sounds it sounds ridiculous when you always say it, but it does make the game safer. Yeah, but you're, you're policing. You're going out there. Yes, but the um... but, unfortunately, but unfortunately, like I said before, with the rules, you can't really police anymore, and that's the issue. But I mean, like I said, with my interviews with Dakota Rogers and, and Luke Karate, both those guys played junior where there was fighting and they fought, and they're, they're now and then they went through the college system where you can't fight. And both of them, and I already knew the answer because my brother and all a bunch of my friends, but they both said, oh, no, college is way dirtier because everyone yeah. wears, where you wear a full mask and you run around and there's no consequences because you can't fight. <laughs> and so his, it's, just a don- it's just a donkey show. Very good segue, Darren. Very good segue because I watch a lot of college hockey, right? And I yep. got I got more involved this year in watching the exhibition games because of, of um, my internet access, you know what I mean, and TVs and blah, blah, blah. And you know what's funny is I was watching a game between uh, the University of Maine and I believe it was uh, the University of Prince Edward Island, and I think it's the Maritimes, yep. uh, you know, being in Maine and so on. But those guys were wearing half shields. Yep. Those college players in Maine were playing full shields. Yep. And, and And I've seen so many hockey games in the college level that the stick work is holy shit. Um, you know, they, they so much is so much more physicality because they have that block in their face. But yeah. when you take that off, 
and you play in a league like the CHL that does allow those half shields, you're not getting away with that shit. No, no, absolutely no way you're getting away with that. Well, it's half shields and it's fighting is allowed. So right. yeah, you have to at some point you're gonna have to stand up for yourself or or, or pay the or pay the piper. And uh, yeah, and that's the thing with college. And I've said it a million times on Twitter, and of course I always get the come, oh okay, Gabe, man. But it's been pro- <laughs> it's, but it, college hockey is the dirtiest hockey in the world. I'm not. I'm not going to disagree with you because I because there's no know. consequences. And right. You have full cages. Now do you get hurt? You can't. Yeah. You watch them. They take full runs at people, and sticks are swinging. And and like I said, the proofs of the pudding. I had two guests on that said that, and they went right through it. Well, there's the horse's mouth saying it. Exactly. It's not just some fatso up in Saskatoon with a that's clueless. <laughs> no, I I had the actual guys say it. And like I said, I had friends that go through college and played it, and they were like, "Oh, it's brutal. The stick work and and like I said, I've always said it a million times when. When there's no, when there's no uh, when there's no consequences, there's no fear. Hey, wrapping this up, I got a couple questions for you. Um, yep. The what do you think about expansion, especially out in the West? Do you, do you, do you like the idea of Seattle? Well, I mean, uh, well, I'd really like to see Quebec City get the team. Is what I'd really like to see. Uh, but uh, uh, well, I think is there not? There's an odd number of teams right now. Is there not? Or am yeah. I high? Yeah, so I mean, obviously you need one more. So I guess obviously Seattle's the, I, I, I guess the way they're going. Um, I think for even numbers, of course. After I wouldn't do any more. Thirty-two is enough. I you can't do it anymore. I I think eventually a team, one of these teams that are struggling, will move to Quebec City. Arizona. Like I think Quebec City will get a, like they'll get a, a uh, an ex, they won't have an expansion team. I think they'll get an. Uh, like Arizona or Florida or somebody will move there. Or hell, the way it's going, maybe Ottawa will move there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no shit. Wouldn't that be a slap in the face? But anyway, um, the second thing I want to talk to you is what about the impending lockout? I know you don't care about much about the hockey, but uh, you know you you have certain players that you you follow. How do you yeah. think a lockout's going to affect the league? Do you think we're going to take steps behind or recover nicely? Well, well, I think when anytime you do that, I mean, uh, I think a lot of the kind of the fringy fans you sort of lose. I, the diehards will always be there. They might come on Twitter and ah, if they do it again, fuck it, I'm going to lacrosse. Yeah, right. I just know. do my countdown. I've oh, I've seen yeah. three of them: uh, lockouts or, or or work stoppages, whatever you want to call them, air quotes. But yeah. I've seen three of them, and I'm like, you know, oh god. Uh, you know, every day my my alcohol bill gets higher and higher. <laughs> yeah, uh, like I, yeah, well, and I I somehow I don't think so. I don't think there'll be a stop. I think the players, I don't know. I I think they've seen if they could take anything from the last one. Um, I think those players would probably tell them not to do it. <laughs> you know, or a strike doesn't isn't good for anything. And right. You just you end up losing money, and uh, you know these guys go forever. Long Everybody loses. Yeah, you know, and it's like I, you know, as much as I'm not a, like, you know, I don't, I don't wish ill on hockey or anything, and I, like you said, I really don't care. But I mean, I don't want to, not just the players and stuff, but I mean, there's so many people affected by it, like w- whether they work at the rink or you know, just the average the work the the workers for the team. You know, I'm not talking the millionaire players, but or owners, but like. The the popcorn vendor guy. I mean, all those people are out of work. So that's kind of what I hope. I don't want that to happen for those people. That's the only reason I wouldn't want a lockout. Is I don't want to see the the uh, the working guy get uh, be out of a be out of a job. But 
I don't think they'll strike. Maybe they will. I don't know. I can't, but I don't think so. I don't think they'll strike. Hey, is Connor McDavid ninety one? What do you mean? Is he is I, he number ninety one? I I think so. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, he he scored a goal tonight in the Bruins game, and he tipped in one for the Bruins. <laughs> Oh, I, I think this is a record. This is breaking news. This is the first breaking news on Beers and Bruins podcast. The ticker is coming across the bottom right now. Connor McDavid. <laughs> yeah. It was funny because you know he, he did score a really sweet goal, and then all of a sudden it's uh, uh, the Bruins coming in the zone. They make a pass to the middle, and there he is with his stick. And it was just like just so happened it was directed towards the goal. Yeah. So well, I'll take it. Uh, I mean, everything's so fast, right? It's uh, yeah. That's the one thing with these kids that. Um, the, the talent that these players have now is just unbelievable and how everything goes and how fast everything is. And there's just the shit they do. I mean, you know, we never would have dreamed of that back then, you know, back when they were their air age and stuff. It was, uh, so like I said, I've, I've never knocked the talent of the players. I would never do that. I might knock, I've knocked actions that they'll do and stuff like that. And I kind of get grumpy now and again, but I've never knocked a player. I would never do that. It, uh, these kids nowadays are unbelievable. <laughs> But it's just not my thing anymore, right? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not. I'm not the Twitter guy anymore. I'm. I'm the. I'm just like you, the old man that yells at a cloud when something you know just doesn't look right. But, well, but I'm, I'm also. We... I'm also the same guy that says pump your fucking brakes when you say after three games this this Bruins team is a contender. Like stop. Yeah, well, or that, or they're ready to jump off the bridge after yeah. the first game. It was like, yeah, oh, relax. you lost seven to like... nothing. Oh my god, there's like 81 more games to go. Can you handle it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or else you get the dork on Twitter. Did we win the trade? Oh, like, really? They played two games. Or, or did we win the draft? Like, I always laugh after the draft. The day the draft is over, the entry draft's over. Oh, we have who won and lost the draft. Right. Like, no one's played a game yet, but we're deciding who won and lost. Like, oh, God. Too funny. Yeah. And like, I always laugh. Yeah. They, back Because every, every kid drafted, oh, he's the next whatever. And I'd, I'd always laugh. They'd have some Swedish kid come up from, and he had 12 penalty minutes in Mo Do. And all of a sudden, oh, he's the Swedish Wendell Clark. Oh, okay. Patrick Stefan. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and that's, well, yeah. I mean, there's been a lot, <laughs> hey, there's been lots of first round busts. I mean, oh, yeah. But I mean, you look at those guys, and it's like, yeah, you'll watch them in junior, like Alexander Digg and guys yep. like that. Yep. Exactly. Goddamn. Well, they were unbelievable. Yep. So it's not like. I mean, that's what I always say with the draft and everything. Oh, everyone's a genius with hindsight. No, it's, yeah, exactly. It's such a gamble. Such a gamble. I, I listened to a podcast this summer. I was in the shop, and a couple of the hockey guys, they like to listen to podcasts while we're working away. And they put one on, and I'm not going to say it's, It was a big one. It's a TSN one or whatever. Like, it's a well-known podcast. I'm yep. sure they have hundreds of thousands of listens and whatever, for whatever reason. I have. Well, these three guys that sat in it, were the most obnoxious, arrogant douchebags I've ever listened to. All three of them, you know, were picked last for kickball every recess. <laughs> never played a never played a sport in their life. Well, they're going on. It was right after the draft. Oh, and this team's the shits. And I remember back in 2011. Oh, I could have told them. Oh, yeah. Like I said, everyone's a genius five years after the fact, right? And they were. It was just so disrespectful. And like this guy's a piece of shit, and that guy sucks, and I can't believe. And they're going on and on, and it was just like really. 
Like you have th- like I just I never got that mindset. Like you three have no credibility to be saying anything about anyone, you know. And like I said, I understand. Oh, we should have taken him. He would have really helped us. Okay, I'm not I'm not arguing with you about that. Everyone has their opinion. I like Jim better than Joe, like I said before. But to like just outright just shit on guy. Yeah, so he didn't make it. Like the one guy goes, "Oh, I never. What happened to that guy? Oh, I don't know. He sucked. I I think he played seven years in the minors or something." <laughs> Oh, oh, that's just all he did? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, do you know how good that guy is? Yeah, he's like, very good. Playing... Wow, it, you just, it starts in junior. Like, those are elite-level players in junior. Hey, we all played growing up. Like, in Saskatoon, there's, like, a thousand kids all sign up for hockey every year. Jesus. I, maybe a, a, I wish we could a... get those numbers in Amesbury. We can get barely a team in, at certain leagues. Yeah, well, so we get all that, and then, well, how many of them are make it to the junior level? Right, right. Well, I just think back to when my brother played. All the teams he played on, everything else, he's the only one. So how many kids is that that he played with since he was four years old? I mean, you're right. 100. Two, well, he's the only one. So what's that percentage, right? Like, so, And it just gets whittled down further and further. Yeah, so cause... to look at some guy that played five years in the East Coast League, and you call, oh, he's a piece of shit. No. Are you kidding me? Do you know how good he is? He's got a and family. Like, the well, and then $600 a fucking week. Yeah. Week to like, week, week guys... to week contracts, not year to year in the E. Yeah, are these guys that play in the American Hockey League? And it's like, like I said to the one guy, I remember got into it with a guy on Twitter. I said, do you think every guy in the NHL is better than every guy in the American League, dummy? Yeah. Like, no. There's a reason why some guys are in the American League, and it's not because of talent. It's either contract or their agent or yep. something didn't work or whatever. You know, you're a step away. Yep, and, and, then, and that's well, that's perfectly said, Darren. Perfectly said to my point that I'm going to say is every successful National Hockey League franchise needs a developmental system of sustainability. You're playing. You're playing a role, no matter what level you are in that organization. So when the Boston Bruins win the Stanley Cup. Feel proud that you're a part of that freaking organization, even though you weren't on the ice to raise that cup. Well, and it's like now, it's like, oh, if the kid's 20 and he hasn't played in the NHL yet, oh, bust. Oh, I hate that. I know. I'm not sure if you know these three players. Obviously, you know, you know, Jake, Louis, Louis' son. But like, Jakobs Bora was the 13th pick in 2015. Jake went yeah. second with the 14th pick, and Zach Senishin from the uh, Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds uh, in the Ontario Hockey League went with the 15th. Now, just because Jakob Zboro and Zach Sinishin have not played one game of NHL hockey since they got dra- oh, since they left the fucking podium, these Bruins fans are like, boss, boss, get rid of him, sign him, package him in a trade, blah, 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 we need this guy. It's like, that doesn't happen anymore. Now teams are building their prospect core up so much that you want to have problems like this in Boston. You want Don Sweeney to sit back and say, listen, I'm not I'm not really entertained on that trade. Kind of like my youth, and I kind of want to see him first. Well, not, yeah, exactly. No, and that's the thing. And everybody just looks at, like, Connor McDavid or something like that or all these kids that make the league when they're 18. Yeah. Well, why isn't our guy doing that? Yeah. Well, okay, first of all, the majority don't. Right. Um, you know, so, but, okay, so this kid that you drafted, obviously, he's the star of his junior team. He was the star of his midget team. He was the star of the peewee team when he was 10 years old. He's never failed. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden, he gets to an NHL preseason game. Well, everyone he's playing against is him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's like, holy shit, I'm not that 
I'm not the best guy out here. Is that, a, is that a conundrum? Well, <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm not, I'm not good with the fancy words. <laughs> yeah, but no, but all these guys, when they get drafted, they all have the, the, this, they can all skate, they can all shoot. They, that's not the issue. The issue is in your head. Because now all of a sudden, they're not the best player anymore. But then you get these yahoos on Twitter that have played too much uh, Xbox and they're the GM, so they think this is how the real world works. Oh, well, just put them on the fourth line. Oh, yeah, so that's what we're going to do. Johnny Goalscorer, who's played 25 (laughs) minutes a game in junior, was on every special team, on every power play. Oh, no, we'll give him six-minute dummy shifts in the NHL with no special teams. Oh, yeah, that's a really way to grow a guy. Are you serious? (laughs) No, of course you have to send him down to the minors. Let him play the 20 minutes a game, get on the power play, what that figure out what that's like at the pro level. Second, let him be an adult. These kids can't even vote yet or drink, and you're trying to rush them to the league. Jesus Christ, give them time. Let them become an adult and ride a bus and hang out with older players and learn. They've probably never even done their own goddamn laundry. Like, relax. Let them play. Figure it out. And then they can come up at 22 and 20. Now, some guys will never make it. Majority will never make it. But they still tried. But, yeah. I mean, that, you got to give the that they, that aspect of, of the, yeah. they, they, they made an effort. Life, yeah. li- life is not all like, you know, silver spoons and so on. It's like Bruins fans and goaltending. If, you don't, if I can interrupt you for a minute. It's like everybody thinks that we're getting the next Ken Dryden out of Cornell. And he's going to come in and win a Stanley Cup. And then not only that. Win eight of them in the first ten years of his career. I, I mean, those are the expectations of, of some people I, I talk to. I mean, the mentality is a window down to that's where you're really basing it on. And I'm not picking age. You know what I mean? It's just like people need to realize that certain players need more time to and they and yes. they obviously they blossom further on in the career, like goaltenders, uh, forwards uh, a little more in life, but defensemen kind of sooner than rather than later. Well, and that's the thing, and it and it's like everything. Everything now is just rush, rush, rush. Yeah, it's a, a new it's shiny like, toy syndrome. Yeah, and it's like, uh, yeah, just give them time, and that's the thing. Like these guys were all heroes, and like I said, well, well, why did he make the team? Well, okay, is he better than the like the three left? They're two. Basically, he's a top two line player. That's what his skill set is, because he doesn't hit, he doesn't really fight, but he's really fast and he can score. Well, okay, well that's a like a top two guy. You don't put that on the fourth line. So can he make your top two lines? No. Well, then that's when he goes to Providence in this case or whatever. Exactly. Give him time and let him play on the top two lines down there. Get his feet. Figure it out. And like I said, just by statistically alone, stats-wise, majority don't make it. They get they get stuck in the American League and they just beca- they go up and down a little bit. But they're majority of them are minor league guys. That's just the way the stats go. But if you give them time and then call them up and you, you nurture them a little bit, like I said, it's, uh, to me that would be how, how to do it. But everybody nowadays seems to be rushed, rushed, rushed. And to, to be casting a kid off at 20 years old to me is, uh, is asinine. Before we wrap up, there's, there's one statistic that, that is, is, is absolute fact, regardless of your opinion, my opinion, or any opinion of, this, of the listener that's listening right now. There's 1% of the, uh, the hockey world makes the NHL. Now, yes. now listen, that means that's every parent or parents that spends $250,000 to 500000 to 
possibly a million dollars to develop your kid into being the best hockey player in the world, that percentage is is small enough that that person that's been, you know, brought up to be a hockey player won't make it. So, no, I mean, that's just the facts of reality right there. I would think every parent right now is like, yeah, just let them play or whatever. But if you're really on goal oriented now, my opinion would be, I would first thing I would be doing is trying to look, uh, to get a college scholarship yeah. That's or, or an advisor would... before that and see if yeah, your kid, like that. if you want to make that investment, you want to spend a half a million dollars on developing your kid, have somebody professionally look at them first, because you might be very disappointed that when your kid doesn't make the NHL. Oh well, yeah. I mean, that's and well, and that's the thing, right? And it's the it's the like you say oh, the old say the old man, right? He's as full of shit as anybody. <laughs> Every parent looks at like their kids, Wayne Gretzky, right? He's the next Crosby, and it's like, uh, you know, not all of them, but I mean, there there are always that parent. I mean, everyone's see, heard the horror stories and read everything about it, the hockey parent or whatever, or or just the sports parent, you know, and it's uh. You know, and a lot of most of the time that that never works out. You know, because a kid just burns out and ends up hating his parents for the rest of his life, and <laughs> and, and stops playing altogether. Jeez. You know, and uh, yeah. So unfortunately, you know, yeah. When the percentages are that small, I think, and I think people forget that, right? Yeah. Like I said, the majority of kids playing, they'll play until their teens and they get to high school, and then that's it. Or you just play house league, and then life goes on. Exactly. You know, you know the filtering system. You know you make junior. That's that's already an elite level, let alone pro, let alone to the NHL. And I think a lot of times that gets lost on people. Well, how said. truly good these guys really are. Absolutely, well said, Darren. Um, dude, we've been like talking for over two hours. <laughs> oh, I know, and that Bruins game's going in the background, and you're just tapping your foot like, shut <laughs> up. Yeah. You got me on camera. Yeah, exactly. I, I already know. I know. I know. No, I'm just kidding, man. Yeah. They, they, they went in three to one in the in the uh, first period. It just ended. So yeah, I'm gonna we're gonna end this on a good note. So no rush. I I just thought it was it was a good flow, and I just wanted to keep going with it until we kind of got to that that two hour threshold. But uh, everybody, I mean, please do me a favor if you're listening to this, please give give Darren a follow at the Fourth Line Voice on Twitter. Um, listen to his podcast. It's 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 subscribe, rate it. Uh, it's good stuff. I enjoy it. And if, you know, I, you know, a lot of people that think that I, a lot of stuff that I enjoy is also good, well recommended. So I don't, I don't just, you know, toss out shitty podcasts with terrible audio and so on. So top notch guys, um, definitely give well, them a follow and a, and a rating. I appreciate that, man. And like I said, uh, anybody listening, if, if, if you see me interviewing some guy that only played these coast league, uh, Believe me, tune in. The boys all got stories, and uh, and I think you'll have a chuckle over it. And uh, and uh, yeah, like I said, support those guys. Yeah. That's always been the big thing for me is to put a spotlight on, like I always say, the forgotten guys, right? And I know these guys like Josh Mazer. When I first had him on, he was really flattered to to you know that anybody would want to talk to him. And to me, it was great for me because I was always a fan of his. Yep. So it was really cool to connect with him and to hear his stories. And, and I hope people take the time to listen. And uh, like I said, just because maybe, maybe you don't know a guy or you've never heard of him. And I mean, obviously my guys are all the fighter guys. So go up on YouTube, check out some of their stuff and come listen. And I think you'll, you'll get a kick out of some of the stories, or at least I hope you do. Yeah. Uh, here's your moment to uh, promote if you want to. I mean, I know you mentioned the YouTube, if you want to throw out the address. 
Yeah, well, it was just, uh, yeah, I'd go on YouTube, it's Fourth Line Voice, uh, on Twitter and on YouTube, and I got all the fights from juniors to the NHL, like I said, just go to the little search thing, type in whoever, and just type in AHL, like I have it all sorted and stuff, so, and there'll be 80s, 90s, and you talk about crazy shit, never mind Marchant, that's just, uh, that, that was Tuesday back in the day, shit, uh, we, uh, we got lots of crazy stuff on there, and, uh, no, and it's been, and it's been fun, and, and talking to you has been great, and, uh, and, and William and the Biscuit and the Obey the Puck guys and all that. I mean, uh, I I right now I'd like to thank you because you always uh, you were really helpful to me and retweeted my stuff when I first started and were really uh, were really positive and I always I really appreciated that. Absolutely, man. We got to work for each other. This is a, um, absolutely a, it's a growing community. We're not an industry. We're a community, and we're a community of friends that just love what we do. So. Um, it's always a pleasure to, to pass on good stuff. So, uh, Darren, like, again, I, I can't thank you enough for, for this time. I really had a, I really had a lot of fun in, in, in a time that I was kind of stressed out into the last two days on what topics we were going to hit on. I thought we did a very good job. Right on, man. Like I said, uh, yeah, I was, I was kind of, uh, I, I was, I've been gung ho to do this for a while and, uh, and I like I've listened to a few of your episodes beforehand and kind of got a feel of what the show was like. And I'm like, oh, God, I hope I don't sink his ratings. <laughs> I, like, I hope people are still listening. I don't know. But, uh, you know, or they're just rolling their eyes like, who is this dummy? Hey, but, uh, it's all good, man. Everybody, I mean, even people at work, you know, if they're going to listen to this tomorrow or the next day or or ne- the other day after that, they're going to listen to us and be like, dude, I wish I had a beer right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, w- I, yeah, I went through a couple sitting here. No, I, went, I went through I, three. I, I, had to, I had to like, dude, just keep talking. I gotta go. I had to hit yeah. the head big time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was uh, like I said, I could, uh, I could do this all night. We talked old time hockey and everything else and philosophies. So, uh, well, listen, let's we'll have to do this again sometime. We will definitely do this again. I am. I will count on that, and we will make it happen. And even if I start feeling a little sick, I'll have a hazmat team come into my office and, and take care of my shit. So we'll make it happen because uh, I did have a lot of fun. So um, thanks again, Darren. Please, again, follow him at Fort Life Voice on Twitter and listen to his podcast. It's good stuff. Um, so And we will talk to you soon. Um, we're going to have the RTP guys, radio, uh, Ride the Pine Radio with uh, Brian and Paul, hashtag fuck Paul. Um, so we're going to have them on on Monday and then on Thursday next week before the Edmonton game, we're going to have, uh, bottom line Bruins. He's a great follow on Twitter. Uh, so we're going to talk to him. So that'll round out next week. Anybody wants to get involved and you're, you know, Bruins fan, you want to talk some hockey and have a couple drinks, please send me an email or send me a Twitter uh, message or, uh, at black and gold two seven seven, or you can hit the straight up, uh, beers and Bruins podcast, uh, at Bruins beers at beers and Bruins. Wow, I after, after, after after this last two hours, I'm surprised you're still throwing that offer out there. <laughs> hey, people like talking be- uh, Bruins and be- Oh, my God. I got to get done. Uh, there you go. All right. I'm tapping out. Everybody, thank you very much for listening. Take care. Take care.